Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and a revolving co-host or co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with a goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in. Our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. And on Twitter, we are bestpicturecast. And we are back again, gentlemen. I'm joined by uh, not just one, not just two, but three previous co-hosts from past podcasts. We have a bit of a Best Picture cast family reunion here today. I'm going to have, before we start and explain kind of what we're going to be doing for the the podcast today, I'm going to kind of kick it around the the table and have everyone introduce themselves. We'll go clockwise and start over here with, uh, why don't you tell them? (laughs) Thanks, Karen. Hey, everybody. I'm Grant C. Thanks for having me, Kieran. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Well, uh, why don't you tell them what, uh, what, what your other episodes you've been on, what you're uh, sipping on over there? Uh, well, so far, my credits include Crash and Rebecca, so this is the third time. Looking forward to it. And I'm drinking the Blue Point Pinstripe Pills. Go Yankees. All right. It's got a nice little Yankee logo on there. We'll kick it over to our next guest. How you doing, guys? I'm uh, Chris G. I uh, previously worked on the Rain Man podcast with uh, our guy Kieran here, and I am drinking also Blue Point uh, Rasta Far Rye. Yeah, a couple Long Island beers. Very nice. And completing the quadrant here. Hey, this is uh, RDV. I'm <laughs> back. I was on the first episode with The Departed, um, which became an allegedly controversial episode, which I will be... Uh, Defending today, I'm drinking a Montauk Juicy IPA. I asked our host to get me Wave Chaser, but, you know. <laughs> it's a low-budget yes. uh, uh, project we got going here, guys. Wave so. Chaser is a very popular item around here, and it was uh, the store was out. Happy to have all three of you guys back again. Over here for, obviously, very different episodes, but it's good to kind of test our first four-person format podcast. Yeah, all-star you know, all-star. An all-star lineup, yes. Yeah, yeah you know, just do one podcast, automatically get called an all-star. <laughs> Kieran, what are you drinking? I, over here, as we're going to be discussing Broadway Melody and also Gangs of New York and also Goodfellas, we're covering all the boroughs with those movies. I have a Five Boroughs Brewing Company Gridlock Hazy IPA. So All New York beers we did. Uh, and, and you're the yeah. only one that not, not on Long Island. Yes, I picked the city. You know, and uh, let's see. I've actually never had this beer before. It's a decent brewing company, so I'm uh, so far liking it. I'm sure they'll appreciate those kind words. Uh, yes, of course. And we will shout them out on Twitter, as we always do. Uh, and Artie, we recorded our first episode, the pilot episode, like a while ago. It was November. It was the Game 7 of the World we were Series. We the World Series, right? The Game 7 of the World Series. And it didn't air until February. It was kind of an early project. There was a lot of things that had to be done. We kind of just said, all right, let's record first and figure from there. So it's actually been a while since we've uh, spoken on recording here. 
Uh, and I think that you've been brought up in every single episode of the podcast so far with a different <laughs> co-host, either trashing, questioning, or bashing you one, one, one way or another. So this is your venue to get, you know, to speak to two of them, two of them here today, and then the others you can kind of, you know, throw your, your blindside shots at as we go. Uh, okay, so, so today's episode, it's the Broadway Melody, 1929. It's the second best picture winner ever. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it's not a very good movie. It is the lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll get to whether our co-hosts here agree or disagree, but being that it's the lowest rated best picture winner on Rotten Tomatoes, that kind of got us thinking a little bit, and we wanted to kind of discuss what some of the worst movies that we love are. And each, each co-host here today has picked three movies. Each of those three movies are fitting the criteria that they are under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes or under 5% on IMDb. We picked three each, and we either think that they're good movies that are being undershot, we know that they're bad movies, but we love them anyway, or we just think that they deserve uh, some respect, even though they've kind of been cast into the doldrums of, of the movie world. Each of the four of us are going to go at some point throughout the different part of this podcast. We're actually going to start off uh, right now, before we get into the Broadway melody and our, our usual shtick and routine. And uh, Grant C., my friend, you're going to start us off with your list of three. Okay. All right, so I'm going to start with my third favorite, a 90s baseball movie, okay. a 90s kids baseball movie, and it is Little Big League. Yes. Rookie nice. of the Year can suck it. Very nice. Rookie of the Year is a terrible movie. Little Big League is actually the best kids baseball movie ever. I like it. We got in this this little kind of uh, debate over the uh, the text group recently. Yeah, it's Rookie it's, of the Year versus Little Big. Oh, League. it's not even a debate. I mean, little little big little little big league has actually has real ball players that are acting. Well, I mean, like that are acting. Like I think the, the players on the team played pro or semi-pro ball somewhere so they can not only act but they can also play it's a great movie and it doesn't get the respect it deserves it's never on anywhere it's really hard to find yeah and it's, they'll, they'll scatter it in on mlb network here from time to time as far as like movie channels you won't see a lot yeah so that is uh ken griffey jr also ken griffey jr Rand, uh randy johnson randy johnson randy johnson so they they had the one game playoff and they put randy johnson as the closer they somehow made Ken Griffey Jr. a heel in that movie. I know. <laughs> he's the most beloved baseball player oh, was, ever, and everyone was, hated him. Yeah. It was amazing. And then yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to steal so. second, I'm going to steal third, I might even steal home. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah he was amazing. And then it's, it's, it's perfect that, he, that he's the one that robs the, the oh, yeah. walk-off home run. Nonchalantly. Like, it's so, not yeah, just, he jumps like eight feet in the air and just, just plucks it. Out of, yeah, Go it's home, great. kid. <laughs> also, Oscar Award winner Jason Robars. That's right. The, uh, the old owner of the uh, the twins. Okay. Like, what what else he got? So that's that's choice right there. That's like, what was that? What were the numbers on that? What was uh, that? 30, uh, 31 tomato meter. Okay. Fifty three audience, and on IMDb six point one. Okay. So yeah, it get the critics. So it was kind of so it was kind of border, borderline uh, with the fans. All right. Number two. Number two is a little ditty called Roadhouse. Okay. I think that was on probably everybody's mind at least. Yeah. If not on their list. Yeah, and it's kind of like baffling to me that that's even we're even discussing that because I mean I don't I've never met anyone that doesn't like it. Well, I know. Well, well the the, <laughs> to, well, the the tomato meter is thirty nine percent. Everything else uh, the the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is sixty six, and then IMDb is actually right there with six point six. Wow, that's actually low yeah. on IMDb. Yeah. that's surprising. So I you know it's a beloved movie, but apparently enough people hate it. I mean it's 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 not. <laughs> 
It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I mean, it's the not acting is horrible. It's, it's, it's not a good movie. It's the point of the film. He rips, it's the, he rips the guy's heart out of his chest. Or yeah, he lives throat 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 out of his out. throat. Yeah. Right, throat. It's, it's, a, like, it's, a, it's, a ter- it's a terrible movie. Oh, I can't, I, every time it's on, I can't turn it off. It's, it's fantastic. And Sam, you have Sam, the amazing... Sam Elliott? Sam, Sam, Sam Elliott and Patrick Swayze, two of my favorites <laughs> of all time. Like... The coolest motherfuckers yeah. on the planet. It's cool. amazing. And yes. one movie. Yeah, Sam Elliott is just, is just uh, the man. Still is. Yeah, he's great. We, and we miss uh, Swayze, man. He was the coolest cat. Yeah. He was. So, Ro- yeah, so Royals was a... That's I feel like that's a, a clear, thing. clear... Yeah. I think that's almost on everyone's yeah. except for Artie's. It's not on so, un- Right. Unfortunately, I only got like... I saw it. I'm like, everyone's seen this movie. All right, I'll watch it. Halfway through, I had to shut it off, and I was so into it. I was like, I want to keep watching. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. I thought you were like, oh, really? no, I didn't like it. No, I I thought thought you unfortunately, said I had to shut it off. I wanted to keep watching. I'm like, this guy's awesome. Look that, at his arms. That movie <laughs> may fall into a category for some people as something you had to see at a certain time or age. Yeah. Roadhouse, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that for the first time until I was in my late 20s. So... Really? I got, yeah, so I kind of missed that book. That's a good one with like a, a fun group of people and you can throw popcorn at the you know, screen. Oh, it's, and, yeah, you it's, know. it's just, yeah, you're throwing beer, you're throwing beer at the barbed wire, the chicken wire <laughs> stage. And exactly, all that. exactly. It's a blonde guy playing the slide guitar. It's great. All right, and my number one, well, here's the thing, because it's not a bad movie. Okay. And I think it is a criminally underrated movie is MacGruber. MacGruber's come up a couple times in this podcast. I, I, so I've, men- I've mentioned it in our Crash episode, and I'm going to mention it when I have an episode with, with Brendan because he's a big MacGyver fan. Yes. Yeah, we're so, going to have a little MacGyver MacGruber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here, here are MacGruber's numbers. Uh, 48 Rotten Tomatoes on the tomato meter, 35 on the audience, and 5.5 on IMDb. 35 on the audience? Yeah. It, what, what year did that movie come out? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Okay, it's also kind of a dated thing to make fun of. MacGyver came out in the 80s. Yeah, it well, didn't match kind of, that's, up. That's it didn't of, match up perfectly with that. Yeah, but it was... Uh, <laughs> a lot of people probably just don't know what they're making fun of. But what, like 20... But what was it, like 2017, the MacGyver show came out? So... Yeah, yeah, like your MacGyver reboot? Yeah, there's definitely a oh, gap like, there. No I did that. not even realize there was a MacGyver yeah. reboot. No one. But, uh, but it's, it, might, it might be one of my favorite comedies ever it's so funny i've heard that from multiple it's people it's so funny it's it's it, it it's, was, it's 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 absurd and it's vulgar <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> vulgar but you talk about like the throat ribs there's a there's a part where he he just goes around just ripping throats out of people <laughs> <laughs> that's great it's, it's it's amazing it's it actually it like it takes like every 80s trope and it kind of Rolls it all into all into one. It's fantastic. It was a big box office bust. Too. It was I think huge, it's kind of that yeah. always, those movies always get a little stink on. And like S- and SNL movies don't tend to do very well. No, because it's an SNL based on SNL skit. That particular era of SNL is not exactly yeah. a super popular. I, well, movie. yeah, I think well, I think Will Forte is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's his skit. It's his you know it's his movie, and it's just really really underappreciated. That that era of SNL. Gets a bad rap because it's good, but it wasn't popular. Yeah, like everything I've seen right. from that era is funny. I as mean, those hell. are those are like, like but no one Bill, likes it. Like Bill Hader was on those years. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. all those yeah. people He's made it. Probably they all made it. Fred, Arm- yeah. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. I mean, come on, He's yeah. amazing. Who's the guy from Brooklyn Nine O to Oh, Jason uh, Andy Sandberg. Andy yeah. Sandberg. Yeah, no, Jason it was, is they all made it. It was yeah. great. This is the thing. Chris Cornell. with SNL movies not doing well in the theater, it's really hard to legitimize. Taking a night out of your life, 
paying a substantial <laughs> tick, a price for a ticket at, to a theater and going to see an SNL movie. Yeah. 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 Oh no, I, I get it. You're gonna watch it probably yeah. later on. I think a lot of those movies do better on cable later in their life. Yeah. Totally. You know? Except, yeah, for, except I mean, for like Wayne's World. Like Wayne's Yeah, work yeah. right. There, 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 there are a few definitely exceptions. Austin Powers. Plus is an SNL movie. movie. That wasn't an SNL skip. Right. No, it wasn't an SNL skip. No, are you, sorry, Artie, you're wrong. No. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't an SNL skip, but it's Mike Myers like imitating right. Warren Michael. It's the crew. It's the whole cast. Oh, that's right. He is imitating Warren Michael. He stole Dana Carvey's Lauren impression for Dr. Evil. Dana Carvey in Wayne's World is also imitating his brother. Is that right? Oh, that's his brother. Yeah, he's that's like really his brother's like a rocket scientist, and that's how he talks. <laughs> yeah, I like to play. <laughs> and those early '90s had some major flops too. Like there was like the It's Pat the movie. Oh yeah, and like the, uh, there might have been a church lady. But it was definitely the, there was the there Catholic was a, there was the, super, the superstar movie, the Ladies, Man. Ladies oh, Man. That was good. I didn't see Ladies Will Man. Will Ferrell's the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the end where he wants like wrestle him. <laughs> well, the ladies man, Roman wrestling. None of us saw those movies in the theaters. But <laughs> all right, so Grant, so Grant got us started there. It's a nice job uh, getting uh, wetting our whistle. The three of the rest of us are going to go a little later in the podcast. Let's focus our attention to the title project of this podcast, the Broadway Melody. It's the nineteen. 19- 29 winner for best picture are we ready to to go into this oh, we, oh i'm no. so ready okay and uh, chris and chris and Artie we're, were gracious enough to watch this wonderful masterpiece grant uh grant got the, the i pass. was, I was, I, was a, I was a late addition to this and uh kieran didn't give me any homework it, it's a it's a clear indication so. of who kieran likes and dislikes <laughs> yeah, he actually venmoed me money to watch it so yeah. let's, 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 let's make a he asked me the same thing i didn't, yeah. I didn't take him up this on is, it um so yeah, I, I I did I couldn't justify subjecting three separate people to this. Like, I think that two is just fine. But anyway, we're ready to go. Let's start it up. The year, my friends, is 1929. The president, Herbert Clark Hoover. The World Series that year was between the Philadelphia Athletics and the Chicago Cubs. You can guess who won? It wasn't the Cubs. The Philadelphia Athletics won in five games, led by Jimmy Fox and Lefty Grove. They were managed by Connie Mack, the all-time managerial leader in wins and the all-time leader in losses as well. He's played the most games. The Philadelphia Athletics would go on to move to Kansas City and then Oakland. The song of the year was Makin' Whoopie by Eddie Cantor, everyone's favorite. (laughs) Uh, I don't know much about Making Whoopie. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard that Not a surprise <laughs> I've heard that for multiple videos. Yeah Well you know The whole movie podcast thing You know Holds you back uh, There were two interesting songs That did come out this year too That were in the top Kind of top five of movies The original Singing in the Rain Song came out that year uh, By Cliff Edwards And When the Levee Breaks Zeppelin? By Kansas Joe McCoy <laughs> It's later on covered by Led Zeppelin But the original song came out in, in 1929 The Broadway Melody of 1929 Wins the Best Picture of 1929 It's directed by Harry Beaumont It's written by Edmund Golding It was the top grossing film of 1929 It's starring Charles King, Anita Page, and Bessie Love It won the Best Picture And that was the only award that it took home it's one of three movies to only win the Best Picture Oscar and nothing else. The others are Grand Hotel and Mutiny and the Bounty. It was also nominated for Best Director, Harry Beaumont, and Best Lead Actress, Bessie Love. That nomination for Bessie Love was the only career nomination for anyone in this entire cast. So that shocking gives you a, a little bit of an idea of the cast of characters we have out here. Uh, it already looks like he's having war flashbacks. 
Let's just go ahead and I just want to hear yeah. what you have to say. Out of the game. Well, the real tragedy of this movie is it came out before they discovered or invented the art of cinematography. <laughs> so the opening scene is good. It's a good opening scene. You, it's a person walking through a studio. They look in each room. The camera actually changes what you're looking at. And you see a little you know, Broadway piece going on. You look, they go in the next room. You see one and you get to the end. There's a guy at a piano. He does a nice little routine. Great intro. I'm like, this isn't going to be so bad. Every single scene after that going forward for the rest of the movie is a camera looking at a room. The camera never moves and the people just stand in the room talking. It's the hardest thing to pay attention to <laughs> in the world. They're speaking another language. They're like, oh, <laughs> Jay Wilkers do hickey, Bobby. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> hard enough to, to pay attention to this visually it's in black and white there's two female characters that look identical <laughs> so yeah. i can't tell them apart the height was the way i had the, the only way, way i could distinguish them yeah, yeah and chris so. before i hop in and get and get your initial thing on it but my exact review of this whole thing the first time i saw it which was probably like three, three years ago and today after watching it again is the first three minutes are actually good it's surprisingly promising. good and you go oh wow this is all right it's a cool first scene it's a good it's a good opening number. There's some You're like, all right, yeah, it's, it's... And then the rest of the movie is just down from there. It's just, that's the movie. Wow. I have a completely opposite opinion. Of course you do. Okay. Course. I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be... Uh, contrarian? I'm not trying to be contrarian. Because that's your department, usually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, leave that to me. <laughs> yeah, right. You're the expert at that. I, this is how I started watching it, and I was completely miserable. I think I even reached out to you guys, being like, my soul... Is dying. I can't watch this movie. Yeah. And I stopped and started it probably five times before the first ten minutes was over. And then I realized when the, this is where it changed for me. When I started to realize that this wasn't a musical at all, it's a goddamn comedy. Like a not. I know it's kind of supposed to be a comedy right. anyway, but not, it's not funny in the way they intended it. It's no, like be. a Greek comedy. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I loved it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it after a while. What couldn't you take your eyes off? For, it's like looking in someone's living room and from far away <laughs> struggling to hear them. They all look the same. It's so bad. So it's I not honestly, I think part of it, I'll be honest with you, this podcast probably tainted my viewing a little bit because I was just looking forward so much to making fun of it with you guys that maybe I was like, this is going to be great. And it is great. Uh, the first thing I noticed is the people in the movie are all assholes to each other. The way they talk to each other is insane. The, the lighting guy throws a giant light at one of the actors for no apparent reason. Hey, ask, like, be, here you go, fuck face. There, it throws it right in the stage. Yeah, I watched it today because I was dreading watching this because this was in in my watch of all the movies. This was my second, my second to last as far as like I had one other one that I disliked more than this, but it was right up there. And I was dreading watching. I said left it to the last minute. And what I did is last night when you said, I'm actually enjoying making fun of this thing, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this a little differently. And I kind of watched it under the same context of like, like let, let's just kind of laugh at this. And I watched it under a second context. I imagined Artie watching this movie <laughs> and it entertained the shit out of me. Right. I'm like, wow, <laughs> Artie actually sat here and watched this god awful movie. Uh, I mean, yeah, in every moment of it, I'm like, geez, I wonder if he fell asleep at this point. No, I, wonder I, if I didn't fall asleep. Do you want me to t set the setting for me watching this movie? Yeah, let's, let's get I it. I am in my den. My, my family is upstairs, and they're all in bed together. My wife and two kids are watching TV upstairs. Um, then my wife texts me, why did you just Venmo me $3? <laughs> 
I said, oh, Kieran just Venmoed me to watch this god-awful movie, and you're, you know, counseling to it. So here you go. I started the movie, and I text Kieran. I said, I think I'm going to like this. And I'm in my den. It's pitch black. I'm having a beverage. Being in complete darkness, is, it just, I, I descended into more darkness yeah, as I watched this movie. Well, no, I say I really make a movie theater setting when I watch a movie. I, and it just, it was so bad. I remember when you, you texted me that you're watching it, I like, I was getting physically uncomfortable at home. So like, <laughs> knowing that you were somewhere watching that. Like, uh, and, and like Grant, like, one of the reasons why I didn't want to like push you to watch it too, it ends up, I already got two people watching it at a third, is, is that like, with some of these movies, and there's a movie like, for instance, like Mutiny on the Bounty, which wins two years later, it's like actually like a really good movie. And, and even though it's made in 1933 or 32, and I don't want to completely ruin all your perceptions of what like an old time movie, and we did Rebecca. Well, this was a 1940 movie that was very good. Yeah, and you knew nothing about it and went in. Right. We were like, yeah. It was an excellent movie. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought I was going to do with this one. I'm like, Kieran thinks I'm not going to like I it. I'm going to love it. I, I gave tried myself. to temper your expectations. <laughs> so maybe for those who haven't seen it before, and and Grant and Artie clearly yeah. really has seen it but hasn't seen it. The the, the quick the plot. <laughs> yeah, let's no, run through the plot. Run to the plot. The, the, the plot is basically we're going to deep dive a little less and, with and this Kieran, than we normally help do. Help me out if I, I'm missing something. But there are our sisters, right? There are two sisters from the Midwest, uh, the Mahoney sisters. And they're a uh, like vaudeville kind of yes dance group. They are singing horrible group. at dancing, but or and singing. Uh, yeah, but especially dancing. Yep. Like they, they do this thing where they hug each other's hips and yeah, kind of bounce a, around. That's, that's a big move. vaudeville. That's a big yeah. vaudeville kind that's of move anyway. Um, it so was brutal. It's not great. And I don't know if you noticed the other dancing. It, people look like they were having seizures through the whole entire movie. I don't know if you noticed in the background, but it was it was shocking. So these women come to New York City from the Midwest. And try to be stars. And there, there's a. I guess that Hank is one of the sisters' names. She has a boyfriend. Hank and and uh, uh, Queenie. Hank and Queenie. And yes. Hank has a boyfriend <laughs> named now, Eddie. Now Hank is supposed to be the older, less attractive one. And She's could old. they have found a better name than Hank? You know, like Wait, let's, that's her boyfriend. No, now, Hank is at the her. beginning. That's her boyfriend. Yeah, I don't the know. Guy, the guy who sings the number in the beginning. Yeah, yeah that's her boyfriend. Eddie. Eddie. They don't explain how they know each other. How long have they been dating? Were they not allowed to be intimate on screen at that time? Or they are. They actually are at this point. The co- the there's a there's it's a pre code. It's called the Hayes Code. H A Y S is the name name of the guy who instituted, and that starts like the next. Year. year or two, yeah. It's put into play in 1930, and then in 33 is... they start. And then it goes for 20 years, and there's literally like a list of things you can't do. Like the bad guy right. can't win. You can't uh, – can't But this was before that. This rule. is pre – it's called pre-code. Yeah. It's, a, okay. it's a pre-code movie. Got yeah, it. it's just bad movie making. It's not like okay, – there, 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 there's, no, there's no rules. Like, like, there's no censor, censorship at that point. It was choice. No, but yeah, like, the thing about Rebecca where – To not develop any – He couldn't have Laurence Olivier kill his wife and get away with it. Yes. So they had yeah. to change the book to... Yeah, they had to change the ending of the book in Rebecca because it didn't meet to the, to the, to the Hayes Code. So I, I, I actually it. found it... The first thing I noticed was, wow, this is, this is pretty... Uh, for a 1920s movie, it's pretty gratuitous. Like, for, uh, first thing I noticed, they had gay and lesbian characters in there, which is yes. something that and, and also didn't, didn't do again for another 40 and years. And also didn't treat it very well. Like, there's some mild homophobia going on, like with the, um, the costume designer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed there was a scene... Mm-hmm. Not, not great. <laughs> um, also, this, some like some suggested uh, attire, you even, know, in the dressing the, room. There's everybody's close talking. Like uh, every man is right up on the on the woman talking, like almost making out with them. Right, like which is very awkward to watch. Right. Yeah. Um, the lack of cinematography is a great point already. Literally, you're just every in a scene room. is a, you're watching a room. room. They how about, the how about lack of editing? 
it's literally hard cuts through every every oh, yeah, scene. Yeah. Long right. takes with like, you know, it's not great throughout the whole silence. long take. Yeah, long silence. Yeah, no music. So there, there were singing. There's no music. There were a couple of achievements that this movie made that explains why it was in this position to win Best Picture. It's the first musical written to the film. It's really it's MGM's first movie with with sound and talking. And, and singing and technical and, and technical too. Yeah. So it, it there's a lot of firsts. There's a lot of a, a lot of achievements in that. In well, that. it's funny because you mentioned you brought up the technicolor. I, I did like I did look on Wikipedia about it. I did a little bit of research, <laughs> and it said you no. Know, this was the one of the first movies that used technicolor or whatever. And it said. Um, However, there are no copies. It's lost. <laughs> it's lost. It's lost. It's lost. Available. That's true. So like, so like one of his crowning achievements. It's, it's just completely it's black and white. We just, watched it. It's black and white. You cannot watch the. You cannot watch the. It's gone. Like the part that, yeah. that like set it apart from other musicals. Like yeah. it completely is completely yeah, lost. It's, it's someone just lost. I mean, look, Hollywood <laughs> is such a baby at that point. I mean, they're they're, they're oh, not sure, taking. Yeah. They don't know that this is gonna what this is gonna turn into. Right. And right. going back to years that, ago. going back to that opening scene too. For, for someone watching this who's never seen a movie with actual sound as it's happening, not just like an, a, a track overplaying and then words written to the screen, the guy walks into the room and there's instruments being played all over the room and there's all different songs being played at the same time. Leading together, together they really song. let you know it's the first movie yeah, that's yeah. and they have And they have multiple layers of sounds, like so, so sounds that are very up close in your face and then some's off in the distance. And then, so to sit in a movie theater and have that, have that coming at you in stereo is like, that's, That's why like, everyone's whoa. on top of each other talking. Is because there's one mic hanging and they have to get close to it as they can. And you That's can still barely point. hear them. I didn't think you of that. You can still barely hear them. Yeah. yeah. So it because the camera is showing the whole room even above the characters' heads. So you can't have a low hanging boom mic. You can't have them. Wear, they don't even have the things. Not propels. Yeah. Yeah. So like you need to record that sound. Like it was probably a struggle to make that the first. I didn't know that. It gives me a little sound, more appreciation sound, yeah, for it. The, the, the sound was actually pretty good. I, 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 I didn't have no a problem, problem with it. Yeah. It's hard for us in 2020 to get ourselves in the minds of like, I've never seen a movie before, and this is the first thing I'm seeing. Right. So you yeah. have to, the, sure. the closest thing you can maybe come up with is like, if, if like an avatar was like literally the first time anyone saw actual special effects. And like, I don't really consider Avatar a great movie. Like, I don't think it's a. No, the special I don't think effects, it's a best picture nominee. I, I don't like, like that movie at all. Yeah, so the like, special effects had are it amazing, not though. been I mean, it for looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, and had it not been for those achievements that it made, it wouldn't be in the mix. It's kind of the same oh, sure. with this movie. Yeah, like, I kind of like Avatar. I mean, there people do. It's, 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 a, a, it's, a, it's a paint by numbers story. It's under, yeah, yeah, it's oh, kind of yeah. it's kind of how I feel about like Titanic, where it's like a really. It's a great. It's a great visual story's just there, but the story's just kind of there. Think about this: 1929. This comes out. Ten years later, Wizard of Oz comes out. Yeah. Compare those two movies. Oh yeah. That there's huge strides. Yes. I mean, that still holds up as right. a great movie now. And and I think it does need to then go back on top of this thing. We're giving it a couple merit badges here for being for it's it can also it can be a good movie and this isn't. Like like yeah. they, they did they went all in the, the flash and none, no substance. There's no story the story here's terrible. It's a guy a guy's a guy and his girlfriend show up, and then he meets the girlfriend's younger sister. And he's like, "Oh wait, you're way younger and hotter than my girlfriend. I want to go with you." Yeah. See you later. We're going out, and then like he basically has the song that he's in love with. That he's like, "I got the song and our whole thing." He's, he just keeps singing it. They perform the song four times. I, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's literally like it's kind of like the onset of the overplayed song. Like you, you notice, hear it, it's like, "Wow, this is great." Did you, you hear notice, it? It's like, "Oh, I remember. I like the song." And it's like, "Okay." Everybody kisses again. each other on the lips. Those sisters do it. 
every man that's kisses the way it a woman. was back then. That's what I was Remember asking. the game show host who used to kiss everyone on the lips? Oh, oh the Family Feud. That yeah. was normal. No one cared. Husband standing next to his wife being cuckolded yeah. watching this guy kiss his wife and he's like this is great whatever. and Richard Dawson who's also the, the heel in Running Man now, I looked I looked at that yeah, I wanted to see what the numbers were for Running Man another kind of like odd audio achievement that they had which is apparently blew audiences away is they had and this is like I'm watching this is the most sophomore humor that you could possibly have here and and last episode with with Rob Bobcat we discussed Chicago and what he called antiquated 1920s things that they just shoved into the movie. Well, there actually are 19 antiquated 1920 things going on in real life during this movie. And one of them is this, the stuttering humor. They have a oh, stuttering character. This is uncle. supposed to be the big, like, power comedy relief in this movie is this guy is just a stutterer. But apparently for, like, an audience to hear that, they've never... It's an element that's never been used in film before because there was no sound. So, like, you're hearing someone stutter and it's like... Oh my god, he's stuttering! Like there, yeah. there's a, a sound quality to that. that like I said, like letting you know it's the I, first movie. I, it's sound. Yeah. I like, I like it that they have this huge, this huge uh, theatrical achievement. They use it to make fun of somebody with a disability. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in a clearly homosexual character, they also make fun of Jesus. in a pretty disturbing manner. You know, well, at least they let him be in the movie because in the next forty years, he's not even allowed in the That's movie. That's true. So. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about a, a bit more about people being giant assholes to each other through the entire movie. Okay. The way each, the way the characters talk to each other is astounding. One actor to another or one actor to the, um, the symphony, you know, you're not playing it right. Yeah, I wouldn't even write this. It, like, they're all awful to each other. I don't really understand why that's the case, but uh, it's interesting. The guys are, all the guys in the movie are creeps. Every single one of them. One of them is trying to date the other sister's sister. Uh, the other guy is, is, okay, there's a scene where a woman, a dancer, falls off a 20-foot scaffolding. Right. Yes, falls to, falls to the stage. <laughs> hey. Falls to the stage. They pick her up like a sack of potatoes and, like, toss her off the stage. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you, the, 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 this one of the sisters, the, the really hot one. Hey, you, get up there. I'm not comfortable taking my clothes off. Ah, that's okay. Rips her clothes off and puts her 20 feet up like... <laughs> Wow, this sounds, this sounds just insane. Just, like, I, yeah. is that this it, sounds just like Showgirls? I mean, what Showgirls? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's, it's so bad, man. It's like <laughs> okay. It's, who's your MVP? What character's your MVP? All right, all right. We're gonna so I read that's right to the awards. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, but uh, right, right before we go into our awards, this is un- unfortunately for all those. Broadway Melody 1929 fans out there, we're not going to spend two hours Both talking about this movie. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, one, of the things that we're, one of the things that we're going to do in this movie, as, as some of you may have heard of a departed episode, we discussed the works of Martin Scorsese and RDB over here, and we both love The Departed, and you know, I, I think you should out there too, maybe you don't, but I, I think it's a fantastic movie, and I actually agree with Artie's statement that it is his best mobster movie, and I think that it's better than Goodfellas. You guys may hop in, or, or we're not going to really talk about The Departed because we've been there and done that. But we are going to talk about The Goodfellas. We are going to talk about Gangs of New York because Artie's kind of harsh on both of those movies. He's already gone after them some degree in episode one. Grant and, and Chris here both are going to kind of contest them on certain issues. So that's kind of what is going to be the other main meat on the bone for this episode. But we do want to wrap up the old Broadway Melody Awards here just to keep informed with what's going on. I, Chris, you asked me what my MVP is. All right, so this is like my very specific guess. My, my MV, the MVP for this movie is the first three minutes, and the LVP is the next hour and 37 minutes. That's how it is for me because it's, the movie just falls right off a cliff. You know, I mean, 
My MVP is got to be unconscious. Unconscious? You guys don't even you didn't even catch it, bro. There's a, I there's don't a know the language they're speaking. There is a <laughs> there's a, a a character that is named unconscious. I did see that. He's, in a, dr- he's in just the a drunk. Casting? He's no. He's just a. Dr- he's one of the. He's one of the men that follows uh, Warner, Warren. the guy who tries to date the the, the taller sister, the younger yeah. sister. Yeah. In his little, his one of his lackeys is named Unconscious because he's completely falling over drunk the entire movie. He has like one line, right? And he just falls over drunk. He gets in the way and in every he's scene. Stumbling around. I loved. It. I, I was. I mean, I was falling off the couch laughing. It was. I, you, you really got to watch it again, Artie. I, I think you're missing. <laughs> you're I'm missing. not going to do that. <laughs> uh, if I'm picking an MVP in this movie, it's going to be it's going to be Eddie, I guess, just for the number the, the routine in the beginning. I thought you already gave your MVP. Yeah, right? well, it's just if I have to put it on one person, it's the it's the routine and the the singing the singing in the first scene of the movie kind of makes the movie to me. So he gets the MVP. LVP is really to me is just every other person in this movie. It's just, it's just it's like you said, everyone kind of just kind of looks the same, talks well, the same. There's no. Karen, I, I, I agree with both of your MVP and LVP assessments. When you said the first one, I was like, damn, I wish I thought of that. And then you gave a second one, and that's probably what I would have said. Yeah. Eddie is the only character with any value in this movie. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Hank as the LVP because you're a girl and your name's Hank. <laughs> what is that short for? Uh, I, don't think I, there is I a... couldn't. I actually couldn't figure this out and then got bored trying to think of it and moved on to the next thing like I, I don't know I'm gonna go ahead and guess Henrietta that's what I'm guessing maybe. I have to say yeah, there maybe. was a musical number I actually really did enjoy it was the um, the wedding of the painted doll it was when the show actually first actually begins uh-huh. later in the movie when the show actually begins it's it's a big group number where there's a wedding involved Do you, I don't are you, are you, are you uh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah. it's a, actually a good song they performed it well like that was and I bet you in 1929 people were watching a lot like Wow, this is like going to a Broadway show and not yeah, having to it's go. It's funny you say that now. There was one scene I do remember going, this is a good song and dance. And then There's just, a lot of well, dancers in the background. Like the they introduced the bride and the groom. Yeah, and like, the movie just totally just moved it's on. A great, it's a great performance. Like, I, I, I will it. say that on all the musical numbers, like I kind of liked them because the movie stopped. And we, did, like, we didn't have to watch the movie. The story stopped. The acting stopped. And it's just like five guys sitting on a chair like playing a horrible guitar solo. Like one of the worst guitar solos ever. It was literally like guitar one. Chapter one. Thank you. And that's the end of the song. It's like, oh, oh boy. But yeah, but at least I wasn't, I wasn't like, watching this. sound? What is amazing? One more scene that was just phenomenal to me, and then we'll move on, is there was a scene at the end closer to the end where they throw a birthday party for the younger sister she doesn't show up and then right. they're like okay hey the, the other sister shows up they're like let's have the party for her <laughs> and oh she's upset so they're uh, you know uh, eddie is like you know hank's not feeling good let's all get out of here meanwhile they had just blown streamers and confetti all over her her hotel room <laughs> and they're all like all right let's take the party over here and 50 people leave the room this poor woman doesn't feel well, and now her room is completely fucking trashed. Yeah, and I'm just like, just, assholes, once again. Yeah, you really had some perspective on this. I loved it. I have a question. How does it end? Uh, they get married to the younger sister. So, he, so the premise of the movie is he they're gets trying it. to make it as stars, but the guy leaves his girlfriend for his girlfriend's younger, younger sister, sister in the movie. Ends. And then, no, well, and then and Hank, Hank um, goes back on the, on the grinding it out on the road. Yeah, she, be, she, everyone tells her she thinks, and she's just well. They she say she, herself she's to kind make of it. a soldier. She's out. She's out there yeah. to grind it out, and Peoria Queenie just is happy to be a married woman. Wait, Queenie. 
You named two girls. You have two daughters. One of them you named Queenie. One of them you named Hank. I, <laughs> what? I think I, he really I'm, wanted to be a boy. I'm on, I'm on Wikipedia. Is it Henrietta? Harriet. Harriet? Harriet. Hank is short for Harriet? Harriet Mahoney. I mean, it would be Harriet. It seems like they it were just Harriet? dying to call people Hank. Henry. Hank. Harriet. Yeah, Henrietta Hank. was a good guess. <laughs> right. Wouldn't yes. it be Harry, though? Harry. Her- You're going to call a girl Harry? I don't know Harry. <laughs> it's better than Hank. Hank. Is, it, it is it better than Hank? Hey, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> At least, hey, Hank. Hank, right? Right, what, Harry? just like, Harry. I, I really, my, you know what my, okay, I changed my mind. You know what the, my, the MVP of this movie is? Artie, for not even understanding it. It's fucking great. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but. <laughs> he doesn't know how it ended or anything. Like, yeah, Gene Willikers with the flabbygasters in the Wienerbills. That's, that's all I heard the whole it's fucking the movie. It's the Broadway melody. Yeah, then they sing, and then they go back to talking gibberish. <laughs> and it's in black and white. Never looks the same. <laughs> Classic. That's oh. why I was very entertained picturing already watching it. I was like, because, well, that's what I, I was picturing us here making fun of it. Like, yeah. that's what made me laugh. Made me enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I, I did stop it several thousand times, just so you know. Oh, I, you know what? At the end of the day, who was your LVP, Chris? My LVP for this movie, I have to say, would be ooh, they're a scriptwriter. Whoever wrote the script. <laughs> me- meaning, meaning, like, it would be... Even though the way that I wouldn't even blame the the actors for this, I blame the screenwriter that it would be like poor oh. Edmund Goulding, you know. Poor Edmund Goulding. Okay. He thought he was resting. Better. This, this, he thought he was resting this is, peacefully, this is but how we had to exhume him. To, 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 <laughs> yeah, when did he die? <laughs> to throw him under the bus for his Listen, writing of the Broadway. Melody. When there, when there's an interaction between two people, and one the first thing they say is "I love you, baby," and the next thing is "You guys get away from that guy. He's all bad, dude." And 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 then she's like. How dare you? But I love you. It's, I'm like, yeah, what are these? Yeah. What? Who wrote this? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Again, they were just nobody like, talks like that. Like, they were what so, I said. They yeah, were you're so, not wrong, but I love it because it's it's hilarious, but it's not great. They were just so happy to have people saying things. It didn't really matter what they were saying. Yeah. It's, just, it's like here we're up here singing. We're we're listen, talking. We're it's, dancing horribly. It's a simpler time. There there wasn't. Listen, we're we're sophisticated here in 2020. Yeah, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not. I think you said it perfectly. It still could have been a decent movie, even yeah. for the time, right. and it just wasn't. You know, but it was the highest-grossing movie in 1929. God bless them. And we, one of the characters literally had never sang or danced on stage before. They, they were dancing not on a, stage in a movie, and they'd never danced before. Not a shot. And it showed. Not it a shot. shot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It looked like drunk white people at a at a suburban bar, you know, dancing to. Who let the dogs out? And it was, it was bad. And I bet you they said to the director, you know, I can't dance. And they went, it doesn't matter. We have sound. You're going to stutter. <laughs> and we have color. Oh, wait. <laughs> but we're going to lose that like years. All right, here on that note. Yeah, and uh, we should say... Yeah, there we go. He's putting it away. Uh, we should say that this movie spawned three more Broadway mer- melodies. 1936, the Broadway melody of 1938, and the Broadway melody of 1940, and there was going to be another one until they just finally scrapped it and said, "Good God, there's there needs to be no more Broadway melodies." You tell me they didn't know how to, they didn't know how to do sequels yet. If anyone wants to watch the first three minutes of this movie and then shut it off, you're well within your right to do it. You'll, well, you you'll enjoy the first. My Venmo funds. I'm sure there are there are film school kids out there that are going to disagree with us. It well, is, they're not listening. They're wrong. And they're wrong. Yeah, they're not listening to us. And they're wrong. So there's that. I, I oh. do want to read. We, we don't do a ton of reading off the Rotten Tomato reviews or anything. We kind of just like kick around. But I do want to read this one, though, because it is just kind of perfect. It kind of sums the movie up as, as good as you could possibly imagine. 
And as we mentioned before, it is the lowest rated Best Picture winner on Rotten Tomatoes at 36% critic, 21% audience. And this is the critic consensus. The Broadway melody is interesting as an example of an early Hollywood musical, but otherwise it's essentially bereft of appeal for modern audiences, yeah. which is pretty which much is exactly the, what we said. That's worth noting just because that's per- yeah, perfect. That's, that's kind of what it is. So we're, we're going to now shift away from Broadway Melody. I don't have any, do you want to throw anything else on? Does, any, does anyone? I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm out. You okay, know, I have good. more things I can make fun of, but I think we did it. Okay, we I, think, it yeah, I think, we, I think we, we did a, a sufficient burial here of, of Broadway Melody. So now before we get into the gangs of New York and the Goodfellas, the gangs of Goodfellas defense that we're gonna see, Artie's gonna give us his three bad movies that he loves and oh. uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll kick him around and see how he does here. So these are all, Rotten Tomatoes, oh, under 50% or right. IMDb under, under So this was hard for me because I have so many of these that I love. My wife literally gave me half of these because she leaves the room when I leave them on. So <laughs> that's, my, that's my criteria actually as well. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, what do I leave on? She's like, what's that terrible movie with this person and that person? I'm like, oh, that's my number two. <laughs> like, and, I immediately like, like, said, Artie, how many times have I left your house because you put movies on? Like, literally, like, <laughs> I've like, no, 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 like, just... all right, I'm going to go and no, I change no, the channel. Just stay, no, no, please. No, no, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the TV off. Please, please. Please drink with me. All right, so my top three, you know, best, like, worst movies. My number three... Every single time this movie is on, I leave it on. It has a great cast. It's directed by Robert Redford. It's got Will Smith. It's got Matt Damon. And it's terrible. The Legend of Bagger Vance. That's a great movie, man. Great movie. movie. Yeah, it's a good choice. 6.7 on IMDb, which is respectable, but a 43% on on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not, you know, it's, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, but it's, I've, I've like watched it. it a lot, and it's there's a lot of... It's shitty. Like, great it's movie. Great. It's also... I think it's, it's great, considered. It's great. I think it's considered... Is it considered racist in any way? I think it is. I think uh, it has that... that uh, is it like Mad, Magical Black Man? Yeah. You know, Will Smith uh, does the accent on him on his own, so it's kind of not racist, but I, he's doing... No, it but I'm saying that mm-hmm. I think that's the critique of it. Is that right? I think so. Well, it's a wise caddy. It's a wise And Matt Damon, psychologically troubled, and you know, this... Will Smith... He does put on the the accent's a little regrettable. Right? Yeah. So that's my number three. That's, that's, a, I, that's a good choice, man. Now, I, 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 I love that think, movie. I do think by doing this, we're, we're commit, all four of us are committing to watching all these movies at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've seen Bagger Vance, but it was like when I, I, first I, came on. I'm, actually, so, I'm actually upset I didn't think of that one. That's and good. you know, Bagger Vance is on the golf channel. It'll be on TNT. Okay. It'll be on HBO. Like, Another thing you throw on, throw on that gets me to leave your house is the golf channel. One of the criteria that we should have thought of before this with this category is... If it, is it one of those movies that if it's on cable, you have to watch it? And yes, that's, one that's of, what I said. That's one of, the, my, one my of those three. movies that sucks that every time yeah. it's on, you leave it on. Roadhouse is that. I think all, three, all three of Grant's movies yeah. fit that. I've never yeah. actually yeah. heard of the baseball one. Sorry. No, but, uh, it's fine. It's, it's, it's you were, well, you were like 18, 19 when we were <laughs> like 10. <laughs> so, yeah, you're way but, younger than me. We didn't we didn't really go We didn't go into it. If you haven't seen Little Big League, it's basically a 12-year-old takes over as manager his, of the his, Minnesota his, Twins. Oh, his, his, yeah, his, grand, his grandfather, oh, yeah. his grandfather, really so away. Talk about suspending yeah, disbelief. You root for the Twins and root against Ken Griffey Jr. Wait, like, that's not the baseball <laughs> movie where the kid has the crazy... No, that's the rookie of the year. That's the other one he oh, brought up. Rookie of the year came out the year before. Got it. Little, yeah. Then, right, uh, yeah. Right. So, number two on my list is another star-studded cast. Okay. Just a terrible movie. 
It's actually based on a board game. Okay. Stars Liam Neeson, Rihanna. Oh God! A United, that movie? A United States Army vet that lost that lost both of his legs and has two prosthetic what is this, based limbs. Is Battleship. I've never heard of that movie in my life. There are an army veteran <laughs> who lost his legs, and they use him in the movie. In real life? Yeah, he's, an, he's not an actor. He's an army uh, veteran. So he's, the acting's terrible. Well, you know. No, I, the I, guy alone lost his legs. Yeah. I get it, and I like the movie. But it's, So the movie is Battleship, based on the, the board game. Let me give you a quick gist, because it's hilarious. So <laughs> they're doing war games. Liam Neeson's like you know the head general of the Navy, and there's like this hotshot kid who's some dinky actor. Taylor Taylor Kitsch from Friday Night Lights. Okay. Oh, Which kind of character's in Friday Night Lights? He was he's uh, the main Riggins. Riggins. Oh, Riggins. Riggins. He's the main character. Riggins. All right, this movie's getting a little better. Yes, main <laughs> character in the movie. Yes, Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins. All right, so aliens come up during the war games and create this huge force field over um, the war games, and like one of the only ships trapped in there has Riggins. Anyway, we're going to bypass the rest of the entire movie because it's, it's bad, but it's good. At the end of the movie, they're trying to hit the enemy... Yeah, they have to guess the coordinates. ...enemy battleship by guessing coordinates <laughs> and firing missiles. And they're like, miss. They're like, try buoy F7. Miss. <laughs> try so literally G- playing battleship. <laughs> That's amazing. And this it, 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 sounds it, awful. You gotta watch it. Liam Neeson is in it. So anyway, it, it's 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 so bad. But when it's on, I I can't shut it off. I can't shut it off. I can't. I can't. Well, I think you definitely picked the worst movie out of the three of us, right there. No, that's not um, that. That's not the lowest ranked one I picked. Well, what were the ratings? No, no, on? mine's what the lowest. Rating so so number two. Uh, what so, were the Rotten Tomato ratings on so Battleship? Let, so Battleship is five point eight on IMDb. And it's higher than I expected. Thirty-four percent. It could be lower. I thought on Rotten I'm... Tomatoes. Wow. And we're gonna get to my number one, which is impressive. Is it? <laughs> is it Scrabble starring Greg Kinnear? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> number one for me stars Willem Dafoe. Okay. Sandra Love Bullock. Love Sandra Bullock. And then again with the falling off a cliff to Jason Patrick with a C. Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is the oh, sequel to Speed boys, that Keanu Reeves refused to do because the script sucked. Willem Dafoe hijacks a cruise liner. That's the whole movie. He demands money, and it's Speed 1, but on a cruise ship. And they gotta, Jason go, Patrick. And they gotta go fast. So bad that Keanu Reeves said no. He said yeah. no. <laughs> Three. Don't make fun of he's a national treasure. We're not talking, we're not gonna yeah. say anything bad about Keanu Reeves. Right. All but, this, all but, this is, but this is when he did like. This is when he did anything, though. And, like, I think in the it was 90s. like Bill and Ted speed, speed, like. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is an odd guy. Like, he picks some odd. I can't tell things. if he's a good actor he's, or just he's weird good and they film him. He's, 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 he's good what he wants to he's be. He's a Christopher Walken esque actor. I agree. I think I he's just one of the best actors that's never won an Oscar. I think he's one of those guys that just, just kind of does his, his. He has his style. He plays it that, that way, usually pretty much the same. <laughs> More or less. Just like Christopher Walken. He plays himself in every Christopher movie. Walken definitely plays himself. But he's great. I mean, I, we all love it, though. Right. So it's fine, you know? All right. So the IMDb somewhere. numbers for Speed 2 are 3.9 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 4%. Wow. Oh, I mean, you get that? Okay, that's bad. 
I didn't know it <laughs> went. I didn't think that ever happened. That's that, like in, in like that is the lowest I've seen. That's the lowest I've, I've ever. Seen I've never seen single digits. I've seen really. close. I've seen one Wait, single so digit. Wait, so you haven't said why you like this movie yet? So <laughs> <laughs> you just named the bad. There movie. was a stretch from an HBO new for whatever whatever phenomena was happening to me with this terrible movie happened to several of our friends. Every time the movie was on, we left the movie on. It sucked. HBO aired it for like two straight years every day on TV because people left it on for whatever reason. It was always on HBO and I was always watching. I could never shut it off. If I saw it today, I would watch it. Willem Dafoe puts leeches on his body at one point. I'm like, what, what is, why are they putting in this movie? And how did Sandra Bullock end up in these two very unique, bizarre scenarios in her in one lifetime? Oh, she references it several times in the second one. She's like, oh, why me? How could this be me twice? So which one was your favorite one? The first one? Speed 2. Your favorite one? Your favorite of those three movies. I'm telling you, if I tell you I've left that movie on when I've seen it on more than any other movie in my entire life, that's probably true. Because it was on HBO all the time. I got HBO and I just left it on. And I watched it a hundred times. The boat at the end of the movie crashes into a pier. It's like the big scene. It's so bad. I mean, 4% means that there's 4 out of 100 people who... Who liked it, so... So I guess we'll touch upon <clears throat> honorable mentions later, well, or should I, I just throw some at you? Uh, I, I would do it now. Yeah, you know, you know, all right, right, right after, Right after you... Look, we don't want to go directly from you praising Speed 2 to bashing Goodfellas, so let's, well, let's have a little, <laughs> yeah, right. a little bit yeah, of a yeah, couple yeah, of well, what, what, well, actually, one of my honorable mentions is a Keanu Reeves movie. Constantine. No. Damn. No, The Replacements. It's awful. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Love that movie. I actually movie. just watched it recently. But, but, it, but on it cable, it, it falls. It falls below the threshold. It, it falls below That's our it. our yeah. requirements. Wow. So oh, it was a better than our like. It, 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 was, it was it was below 50, it was below fifty percent on a tomato meter. So it fits the requirements. So it fits the requirements. It, it, requirement. it was like sixty percent audience or whatever. Movie. I like this man. It's 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 a it's a fun football movie. This is the thing you have to remember about all of this. It's like. There's, there's room for all this stuff. Like, yeah, what entertains you? Look, sometimes, sometimes man, I'm not, I can't, I can't I'm not watch in the headspace. I can't watch There Will Be Blood every day. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not, in the, I'm not always in the headspace <laughs> for, like, like, you know, a movie that we're probably going to be, we're, we are going to be doing soon is Silence of the Lambs. I'm not always in the Silence of the Lambs mood. Oh, sometimes no. I yeah. just want a, a movie I can, right. sometimes I can just space out to, you know. you got to watch Battleship. That ain't gonna be long. That might be a pretty super. D four. Did it? Did it sink? Miss. Shit. Miss. What I tell you, you got Rihanna. B seventeen. Oh, and every line, every single line Rihanna has in this movie, you could tell her agent was like, she has to have this many lines because the movie's going on, and then they'll just cut to Rihanna, and she'll be like, what? <laughs> Are you sure? Like three words. It's just all reaction work, shots. Work, work, it's work, all work. just like she's like, yeah, like right. All right. So anyway, I have two that just right, missed. Wait, give it, give, two that just give, missed. Give us one honorable mention. We'll get your other honorable mention. Well, let me give you two that just missed. I'm not going to get into the movies. <laughs> okay. Two that just missed the, the threshold that I really wanted to put on there. Pacific Rim. Which is a Guillermo del Toro movie that Idris, I love. Idris Elba. No, the first, and, and first Jesse, Jesse Pinkman, Idris Elba. Jesse Pinkman, right? Not Aaron Charlie Paul. Day. No, Charlie Day. No, Charlie Day. Day is in it. Was, and then Oblivion ever... with Tom Cruise. I haven't seen Oblivion. Every time it's on, I leave but it But Edge of Tomorrow, I've seen. Edge of Tomorrow, You and but me. But that was like, Edge of tomorrow. was like 90% on freaking. Yeah, because it's a great movie. Because right. Edge of Tomorrow right, is a great movie. All right, so I'll give you one honorable mention. We'll hold off on Edge of Tomorrow. I have one that I'm upset about. Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. That's a great movie, dude. Yeah, it's a 39. I love that. Movie. Really? The that reason I want to like bring it up. 
The reason I want to bring it up. Tony Scott, man. The reason I want to bring it up. I think it's an awesome action movie. Like a really awesome action movie. Yeah, that's overlooked. Overlooked. 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. I couldn't believe that. That's that's wild. Tony Scott. I was blown away. Tony Scott, I loved as a director, and he was hit or miss, man. He had some really... His style only works. He had a very specific style, which in... in, um, in that movie, it works. They do, but it's it's heavy handed in his style. The, a lot of the, the text on across going across yep. the screen as people are talking. Yep. He had a specific style, and it was heavy handed in that yep. one. Yep. And I think maybe that's why people didn't like it. Maybe I thought it worked in that one. I love Mickey it. Rourke's it, in that. I know uh, it's great. It's got it's got Quint, that Mark, Mark, Mark Anthony. Children. Mark Anthony. Quentin Tarantino's a big fan of that movie too. By the way. Good. Oh, good yeah. to hear. Let alone fact. Quentin Tarantino's favorite Marvel movie. Is Thor Ragnarok? Because that movie's fucking great. Unbelievable. Jo-Jo, that Jo-Jo movie Rabbit, is right? so good. Yeah, yeah. it might be my favorite one. Arnie. It's second for me, Arnie. I think, because I think Winter Soldier is the best. Which was really good. Sorry, but I have to say I have a Tony Scott movie on my list as well. So. Oh, you do. Okay. Okay, so now we're gonna move into what what I kind of consider the main event of this podcast episode today, and this is what we're gonna call the Gangs of Goodfellas Defense. Here. And for those of you who've listened to our Departed episode, RDB here was a very outspoken entity in that in that episode. It was not just talking about his love for Departed, but his disdain for Goodfellas, numerous points about the issues that he had with that. And then at the same time, like, Gangs of New York was brought up too and was very dismissive of that. And actually, believe it or not, like, I had just in response to people who listened to the episode, more people were vocal about the Gangs of New York dismissive comments than the Goodfellas, because I mean, I think there were definitely some people who came back and were like, I mean, he made some really good points about Goodfellas. Like, I think there are maybe some issues that I didn't consider about that movie. We're gonna get into all that, and I know Grant Z here and Chris G here are, they enjoy both movies, they're, they're fans of both movies. They're gonna kind of put their cases forward, and Artie's gonna, <laughs> gonna take a little handicap match here, and we'll just try to keep everything civil, so. And Kieran's kind of, you're in the middle, I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give my opinions too, and I think to be fair, I might be leaning closer to Artie's side of things, particularly with Gangs in New York. But we'll, I, I do, I do enjoy Goodfellas a lot, and we'll get into all that. But I think Grant, you're gonna kind of kick us off here if you want to start. Yeah, sure. Goodfellas is one of my one of my favorite movies. I'd probably put it in my top ten if I was making a list of my favorite movies. I'd put it up there. I always watch it when it's on, and I uh, was very. I was very upset by your comments. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the trust tree, Grant. We're in the trust tree. Let it air um, down. Are, air we, down. are we in the trust tree? Are the we in the cave? Are we not? We're in the nest. <laughs> are we not in the nest? Um, your no. biggest criticism of the movie is the narration, and I feel like it has a very has a very specific purpose that sets it apart and kind of makes it into its its own movie and it kind of makes it accessible for everyone watching that everyone that watches it i don't disagree with that and i think it needs to be said that it's obviously based on an autobiography it's, and well, it's, it's, ba- it's, it's based, based on a book it's based right. on a it's based right. on a book by a guy i mean by him yeah, Nicholas, and, and, well, and, no it wasn't it wasn't autobiography it wasn't no it was an autobiography it was a biography yeah it was a biography okay by, and, by and the, oh, the author of the biography did the screenplay with Scorsese. Right. The two of them did the screenplay together. Yes, so it, right. it, there is some context there. Yes. And uh, the Scorsese, uh, he read that book when he was filming uh, Raging Bull, I think. And he said that he loved the almost document, documentary nature of the, mo- of the book. 
and he wanted to incorporate that into the movie, having almost like almost like uh, Henry Hill is talking to you after he's after, after you all story. after all this yeah. has happened. He's telling you the story about how we end up in bumfuck Kansas or wherever he is. I think where this movie works is that you feel like one of the guys. You feel like you're one of the you feel like you're part of the gang, you're part of the crew. I feel like that can really only be obtained if you personally are being included. You're hearing the inner dialogue. Yeah, if you're being included personally into their lives. You're in their personal lives, you're and they're kind of explaining to you the ins and outs of things. Also, before nineteen ninety, I don't I could be wrong, but I don't know if there were too many movies or shows that dealt with the day-to-day of the mafia and their lifestyle in particular. Like, this is before Sopranos, and really the only, the only culture of the mafia you know is The Godfather, and that's not really, like you said before, you don't really count that as a monster movie. It's, it's not it's, The Foot Soldiers. You're not talking about The Foot Soldiers. Right, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're talking about the hierarchy with The Godfather. You don't get yeah, The Foot Soldiers. Yeah, right, exactly. And they explain how the mafia works on a day-to-day basis. It explains what a front is. It explains why you can't kill a made man. You kind of need a voiceover to kind of show you the rules, to kind of show you like how everything works. To expand on Grant's point, we are not talking about making a five-hour movie here. And without, without that inner dialogue, I think it turns into a giant, long epic. Because it would be you, The Sopranos. You have to explain it. Right. You have to, you have to explain these things. And, and you can't do it with, without it, – the way to do it quickly and, and easily is to do it with dialogue. And I want to, I, I just, and I'm just going to kind of hop in to quote one of Artie's points from the, from the departed, to, which would be a response to that is, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think your point was is if you invested 20 more minutes in the movie and scrapped the voiceover, it would have been more effective filmmaking, which is kind of what they did in Departed. That was his point at the time. I don't know if you want to expand on that based on what Chris, because I do get what you're saying too, is if you make it a three and a half hour movie, I mean, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching a three and a half hour Goodfellas. I'm not. <coughs> Irishman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I right. dude, I, I I fell asleep like multiple let's be, times. Let's be completely Sorry. frank and let's be honest. That movie sucks. I, I don't it's like it. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. not horrible. That's it's bad. not horrible. Sorry. Yes. It's that's, just, I, it's, yeah. I didn't mean that. I right. spoke out yeah. of anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry. I was going to say, so far the, the three of you have just entered the minority in a massive category. Because the <laughs> Irishman is like... Everyone loves the Irishman. I'll be honest with you. I think that's the biggest secret in the world right now is that not everyone likes the Irishman. No, almost nobody likes it. Yeah, like yeah. everybody I talk to doesn't like it. All right. so. it was fine. It was fine. okay. It was okay. Long. Anyway. Oh, well, so I grant your point about describing the inner workings of the day to day of the mafia in a narration while you watch it um, is acceptable. <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, Because Had there been like a five to seven minute scene In the middle of the movie Where they literally like You know Montage quote unquote The front thing Like they do anyway Like four or five times throughout the movie They quickly montage things With the narration Just do it once I get it The narration doesn't add anything To the scenes that it's in with the exception of maybe, like, one scene. And I, I will not... That opening scene where he's walking around, he's like, this is John Jimmy two times, and this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. Like, I, stop talking. Just, I, just show me what... You, this guy said something two times, and then you said, this is Johnny two times. I inferred as much. You don't, you don't need to let me know. I feel like... I almost feel like the narration is condescending. It's because I'm not a stupid movie watcher. It's yeah. it's it's he- it, 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 at times it is heavy handed. 
I will give you that. But I do think, you see in the movie that they love telling stories and they love busting each other's balls. That's just how they talk. I don't know, I don't know like how familiar you are with people like of that generation from the boroughs, from Queens, from Brooklyn. Extremely familiar. Yeah, like they talk like that. Everything is very obvious. Everything is very upfront. And I feel like- That's a fair point. And I feel like Scorsese not only wants to do something about mafia, he wants to capture an, a life of an Italian American. And it feels like home. Him. When he when he goes home, when they go to um, Joe Pesci's mom's house, and she gets you know, two o'clock in the morning, and she makes that's dinner. my favorite scene. In the but movie. like, but that's great. But great. like, that's that's an accurate depiction of what happens in those families. And mm-hmm. I feel like the heavy-handed conversations where everything is over the head, you can take it as insulting, but it's also like this is how he re- like he his arm around you and he's talking. He's like, we called this guy Jimmy two times. Hey, that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I know, but I but I feel like it's done in a it, in a, in a brethren way. It becomes sub- subjective. Like some some people. All right, so let me make a point. If Martin Scorsese really liked the narration that he did in Goodfellas so much, he tried it one more time in Casino, and he didn't really go back to it very much. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, oh, I haven't seen. Okay, that. so Sorry. this is. I do want to have it here. This uh, is one of the. This is one of the very points. little narration in Aviator. Chris, very Chris, little. in talking very little. In, <laughs> Chris, in talking to you after the Departed episode, one of the things that you were like going nuts on was is that. He does it in all his movies. And, Almost and all. Wolf of Wall Street, all. It, it, it's, it's in it. Casino. And Casino is another one that a lot of people brought up. They were like, well, why you guys never mention Casino? I hadn't seen it at the time. I think you hadn't seen it at the time, I, Artie. Like, uh, it, 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 Artie, if you don't like it in, the good, in Goodfellas, I think you'll hate it in Casino. Yeah. And it's I have not just, yeah. It's not just one character. It's, I know. it's three. It's I watched three? the first 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was yeah. three. You're right. No, I watched the first 20 minutes and three people do narrations in the first 20 minutes. Well, then, yeah. The opening scene. Yeah. In the opening... The wife, uh, the the wife, wife Lou Pacino, and, yeah. and De Niro. Well, also yeah. Phil from Sopranos at one point, too. Yeah. Phil Leotardo? Yeah, Phil Leotardo. Oh, his his I, character, I right boy. before you know they're getting into, the, into him turning and, and whatnot. So the beauty of this podcast is team. you're talking about movies that... Movies are not something that is a set objective thing. Oh, yeah. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Sure. Some people get engaged in certain movies. Some people cannot get engaged in those same movies. Two movies that I tried super hard to rewatch with the mentality that I should like these movies. There's no reason I shouldn't. And you did. And I rewatched them both, open minded as hell. It was Goodfellas and Gangs of New York, and I came to the same conclusion I came to 15, 20 years ago when I saw them that they did not engage me in any way. And when I see it, there's movies I've seen where I see it once. And I remember every part of the movie, every line, everything. I love it. Scenes that I can't stop thinking. (laughs) Scenes that I can't stop thinking about. (laughs) Scenes that I can't stop thinking about. And I'll tell you right now, the most memorable scene for me in Goodfellas is fucking Karen. The voiceover switches, and Karen's like, "I had he's a he." He's a murdering rapist, but I'm so attracted <laughs> to him. That's the only part of that's, that's like the part that keeps like, it's not memorable. That's my point. Chris, and Gangs in New York is even worse. Okay, Artie, I'm gonna agree with you with the last thing you just said. Okay, she because that that is uh, Lorraine uh, Lorraine Rocco, Rocco, whatever. Yeah. yeah, is is arguably that's my LVP for that movie. Really. And she, and she gets nominated for supporting yeah. actress in it too. I also I she's like my I don't act. like the choice to have her do voice. She's, she's, voice, my, okay. yeah, I, 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 she's my LVP also for the Sopranos. She drives me fucking nuts. I agree with that for several reasons. I, I well not all her fault, guys. I could go on for twenty seven hours on 
fucking The Sopranos, but I won't. He's also married to, to a psychologist, too, so I'm sure he's got... Well, the therapy the part of the writing drives you nuts in that, mo- in that show. But anyway, which is my, my, one of my top... That is definitely my least favorite character. It, Sopranos is in one to three is one of my favorite shows of all time. So let's go beyond that. But I agree with you that that shit's annoying when she's doing her yeah. voice. It's horrible. Yeah. There's no now, there's no now, cause for that in the movie. To go it doesn't to, add. to go to Grant's point, I got a couple points here. To go to Grant's point, and I have a question for you, Artie. Sure. Scorsese wants to spend his time in this movie on, like he said, the day to day interactions. The the casual interactions with the characters, the how they actually talk to each other, right? He has to decide at this point, do I do a four-hour movie or do I concentrate on the long scenes are the interaction between them? And let's explain the, the logistics through, through voiceover, right? I think that, that's a decision you have to make as a filmmaker. I, I have to I can't do everything I can't Unless I want a five hour movie I can't do everything You don't have ever to. have to make A five hour movie though Or a four hour movie For that matter Unless you're making Lord But he had He had He wanted the audience To understand what was happening But he also wanted To focus on How What the reality Of their interactions were And, and their day to day I so think the point is Where's the line Where's the line Correct. of where yeah, I'm going to make a movie that's effective that can tell its own story, or where do I have to have Grant Ray Liotta sitting next to me on a couch telling the story while he's, he's going? Grant admitted that they were heavy-handed with it, and they are. Okay, fair enough. But I, but I, agree but I do think there's a purpose in that. Question for you, Artie. Would you prefer the way the Goodfellas did the, the voiceover, where they they are explaining it through the entire movie, or would you prefer what they do in a movie called like The Big Short? Have you seen that movie? I love that movie. Okay, I do too. Where they 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 literally edit. A hard edit to somebody not invested in, uh, not part of the story at all. Let me explain to you what's happening in the movie right now, right? Yeah. And then, okay, edit out to back to the movie. Yep. You prefer that. And if you listen to the part episode that already references that, I touched on those examples okay. of. So I, said the of I don't, I don't I listen said... to Artie ever, so <laughs> I haven't heard the podcast. I haven't heard him talking tonight, even, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, yes. I said the Continue. best, one of the best uses of the voiceover, in my opinion, is in the movie The Big Short. Okay. Because if you don't stop and give everyone a little economics lesson, the movie has to be a semester long. You need to do that. That movie to, is complicated. Yeah, and, that's fair and, enough. And put options and stay up. Like, you need to understand this. For as much of the, uh, the voiceover in The Big Short is a economics class... The narration of Goodfellas is a mafia class. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of, you got, you to understand, because there's no Sopranos there, you didn't, no, no, nobody, knew, nobody knew the rules. Correct. Uh, nobody knew how. That's a really good and, point. And there's no Sopranos without Goodfellas. That's easy oh, to, that's I mean, true. Easy I will completely admit that Goodfellas influenced every single mob movie I've, uh, or show I've seen you, since 1990. I love Sopranos. Yeah. Everything I've seen since Goodfellas has been influenced by Goodfellas, right. even everything Martin Scorsese. And, they, and there he made lies, the mob culture there, with yeah. that movie. Sure. My problem with the movie is I don't, I don't enjoy watching it. But That's you it. admit yeah. that it, it influenced <laughs> I know it did. so much. Oh, I, mean, I know it did. And Chris, I thought Stuff you brought up, than uh, it. You wrote up a good point about Big Short and editing. And one of the big parts of the movie is they edited Jeremy Renner right out of that whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was... He was <laughs> A lot of movies. I, he's in every movie. I was wondering. Him out a lot. I was wondering. Like, I was like, he's just playing himself too much. Get Hawkeye out of here. We don't need him. Can I give Artie one thing that you really got me on? Okay, so I spoiler spoiler. I did. I do listen to Artie, and I did listen to the podcast. Uh, when you said, "Can it's like Ray Liotta is sitting next to me, telling me what the movie, what's going on in the movie." 
I honestly I couldn't watch it. I, I couldn't watch it the same way again. Like you, ru- you ruined it for me. You ruined it for me because I, I all I heard in my head as I'm watching it and it's like and, and especially the scene is like oh that's Jimmy two times and the papers the papers. Every time I watch it now, I'm like I hear your voice saying. Fuck! Shut up, Ray. I can. I understand what's happening. Like, can I watch the movie? Ray put it perfectly. You he know. has his arm around you, and he's telling you, like, "Come on, let me show you how every." You know what? The two points Grant make about Grant made about the narration have me have me have me tilted. Well, he's, re- he's really he's have me really. tilted. Those are those yeah. are good good. Okay. Can we meet somewhere in the middle? Here? Yes, I will. Right now, yeah. I'm about to okay. do it structurally. You have made me take a step back about the narration. It does serve a purpose at certain points. Yeah. You are also right that they're heavy-handed. Yeah. They're way overboard I with think we both sure. agree. We all agree. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. too much. Like, do it when you need it. Don't do it the whole well, movie. Well, the problem is... The problem, I, I, but at the same time, it seems it's, like it's you hard, went into it like, I'm it, gonna, this is going to be Ray's story. Well, yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing. And it's hard to... I feel like it's, it's hard to say, okay, well, we're going to use it here a lot. And then we're not going to hear from him again for another forty. Like it's it's really like it's they did really that hard. In Aviator it works. It's really hard. Yeah, I know, but it's he's really good with voiceover when he does it right. Yeah, like Casino, I thought he did wrong. The Aviator I, was on the end of the Aviator was on. I like, liked right when he I did liked it. how in Wolf of Wall Street they had Leo. The voiceover was Leo acting into the camera. He was literally in a, it was in a it was like it was like, it was like breaking Henry. the fourth wall. It was yeah, it was, like, it was like Henry it was like Henry Hill in the court. That brings me to what movies. So you you are you you. Generally, don't like voiceover, and in very very few movies, do you like it. Is that voiceover has to add to the scene? Okay. So would I would it be fair to say in very few movies you enjoy it? Yeah. Okay. What movie do you do you enjoy it, and how is it done well? The Big Short, as I previously described. Like you, you need that. We also mentioned the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption, Departed episode. You can. Shawshank Redemption is filmed while over the loudspeaker they are projecting Morgan Freeman's narration. They're acting, hearing the narration. It adds to the scene. Every scene. And Morgan Freeman narrating a scene adds to the scene. Well, I mean, that's Sorry. I mean, you're also, you're also talking about that. We're the narrator. I feel like Rand has something to say at this I point. <laughs> I, did, I, did some, I did some research. You know what movie is um, Zach Darabond? What's his name? Uh, Frank. Frank, 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 Darabond. Darabond. Frank Darabond. You know what movie he watched like every weekend while riding Shawshank? Was Goodfellas? Huh. Is that right? Yeah. So he so he can like get a grasp. So he can get a grasp of what apparently of, like, he listened narration. to it. He listened to it on audio, right? Like, yeah. He like he listened, he listened to it like whenever he kind of needed like inspiration. Probably a good script to like. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you also it's uh, what okay, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's awesome. Okay, but that's he's literally explaining with, yeah. every single thing that's happening in the movie, the entire movie. <sighs> He, he is not describing what you are watching on the screen. He's, no. he's giving you his... Something reached out and bit me. <laughs> oh, he's asking. He's the bull's me ass. Instantly. What are you talking oh, about? He said, like, he said, and then Bubba said to me at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Having the inner monologue of someone with special needs when the whole audience does not have special needs. You're getting insight into one specific... That's a very good point. It's a very good Mental... His, uh, for, like range of his specific perception of what's going on plays into the entire theme right. of the movie, and he's we'll have seeing, a, we'll have he's a giving you the simplest symbol of the world because you're watching it going. Yeah. I'm gonna have a also also the part the the, 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 way, the way they facilitate it with the park bench and the yeah. different people sitting there. So it's super effective. Like, like so it's not, a story from they a bench. They don't do that. Here we talk about that. But so he's telling a story from a bench. You think about it, right? You think about it. He's not. It's not his inner dialogue. It's actually him telling a story in real time. So so if so good. Sorry. So if, so if Goodfellas was like him, like 
I wanted the grocery store. Like, so like some some guy in Kansas. That would make it even was, wo- no, sitting way next harder. to Artie on the couch while I was watching the No, no, the movie. but what I mean is like, so like, so if it, if it was if it was done that way, it would be it would be worse, right? If it was like if it was Ray Liotta like talking to his neighbor, like well, the water the fuck, the, the, the water the yeah, 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 doesn't call for that. Problem I have with the movie is he's telling the story visually. He's also telling the story audibly. I'm getting the story twice. I don't need that. I like thinking. The Departed is the story. I'm watching it. I have to think. It adds rewatchability. I have to watch the movie nine times to have any kind of idea what I'm watching. Every time I watch it, I see something new. Goodfellas, every time I watch it, I don't see anything new because I'm watching the same movie over and over. The, where the, where, <laughs> where Sorry. I, where I, I, I where, no, where, it's a good point. Where, yeah, where good the, point. uh, <laughs> where the, 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 the difference is with Departed and Goodfellas, which I think where, voiceover doesn't really it's not really necessary in the departed is that the departed is a completely fictitious universe and it's easy to it's easy to write a narration and kind of do whatever you want with the characters you can make Ben Damon of ED you can make Leo be the father you can do all these different that's things but in Goodfellas you're, you're, you're within these parameters yeah that's a great like you point. said it, it is um yeah, the big fair. short version of the mafia right. listen I'll compromise with you I think Goodfellas needs some voiceover I don't right. think it needs voiceover. I think we are. You agree on that? It's hard to draw the line. Draw the line. And I think where. that one of Artie's points and what I kind of view too is that the prop. One of the issues with the voiceover in Gavels is that it's a little too chaotic, and it and the chaos isn't super tight. If you if you do tight chaos and the audience doesn't know what's, what to expect next, that's good. But all of a sudden, like you said, Karen screaming and it's like, what's going? And I think it's even worse in Casino because you don't even. It, it's almost like it's like Pesci. And De Niro are like yelling at each other through voice. They're like they're competing to tell the story. I, it's that's not I like good. that, dude. When you have okay, let me use an example. If you have Morgan Freeman in a movie, if you if you don't use him with a voiceover, you're fucking up. You just paid this guy a lot of money, and he's gifted at it. Pesci and De Niro are fucking great. Oh, yeah, and Pesci, I got Pesci especially. His voiceover is so fun to listen to. Like, just listen to it without the movie. It is. It's fucking it's awesome. I probably enjoy the, it watching the, the, a movie while the listening casino, to it. The casino um, narration is very. It's abstract. There's a lot of like. Me, there's a meta quality to it. There's yeah. a, well, like the part where. Joe Pesci gets out in the cornfield and all yeah. of a sudden gets hit by the bat. And in his narration, he says, ah! That yeah, is yeah. I love the that. most effective part of the I entire I love that. It's fucking great. The most effective it's part so of the It's so great. And, uh, and listen, unfortunately... It like breaks the fourth unfor- wall. And Artie, you're going to love this too because you can get the part of the movie. I, I want to I do it for him. Is, and unfortunately, I'm sorry, everyone. We're going to spoil the end of Casino for you. So if you haven't watched this movie in 30 years and Pesci you've been hiding and saving it... Oh, okay. the worst. So, and I think, that, I think that Artie will love this particularly because... Pesci is doing his voiceover. And then uh, we walked into the cornfield, and then there was the bat. And, ah! and then, and like, then, then, then the smash with the bat, and the voiceover stops. Because, because he's, in he's real time. Getting, he's getting and he got brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's great filmmaking. Yeah. yeah, you should watch it, dude. As yeah. I was watching it, I was picturing Artie B running up to him with the metal bat and knocking him out. He's like, it's Artie. No, it's Artie. He didn't realize. Enough of you. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and somewhere Ray Liotta's like, it could have been me. He's like, I need, a, I need a cigarette. Thank God I wasn't in this one. Like, Jesus Christ, that, yeah, Artie, but that he was, is brutal. So like, so Casino was interesting because it was, it was, there was a, it was elevated from the storyline. It, it was, it, it was more like I said before, it was more, it felt more abstract to me. 
And yeah. I, it's like, it's, I'm not saying it was better or worse. I'm just saying it was a, a very specific choice that Scorsese and made. I think that I think that Goodfellas is a better movie than Casino. I agree. Dis- I, dis- I, 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 I disagree. I, I just picture Casino like Marty's like, oh, we're going to do this Goodfellas, but we're going to do it times ten. And we're going to have all these guys doing voiceover, and it's going to be in a casino, and it's going to be great. You know, I just don't, I don't, I, it just, to me it was, it was him just pedal to the metal, pushing forward too much. And, and there's, there are parts of the movie that I really enjoy. It's, yeah. it's Sharon Stone's performance is She's chilling. Great. Yeah, she's chilling, great. and she's that the only horrible. nominee. Yeah, 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 she's the only nominee in the, in the whole. It's the only it was nominated for one Oscar. So it's, her it's one of the most tragic oh, uh, representations I've ever seen on film. And it's like, one of De Niro's it's really sad. It's, it's one of De Niro's better performances too. He's like, great. I don't necessarily love him in everything. He's not great. But he is good in Casino. I mean, he's he was. I mean, listen, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm a huge Raging Bull fan. Yeah, taxi Drivers. Uh, 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 Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge fan. But the later intern. in life, he definitely kind of phoned it in sometimes. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, but, but Godfather Part 2. I mean, Jesus. Uh, it's, uh, fantastic. Speaking of yeah. Italian, you know. Awesome. But uh, Casino is one of the ones I, I just... I think it's also Pesci at his best. I think Goodfellas is good. Casino, I think he's just... He's just so... Did you see Casino in theaters? I mean, I was like 13 or 14. Like 18, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, really. How old do you think I am? Seeing, like, seeing a movie in theaters adds to it. And I'm asking if you saw a I saw Broadway Melody also in the fucking theaters. Right. Right. <laughs> I saw it on the local Nickelodeon. You're only an infant. I was not old enough to go to the fucking movie. No, Artie. I, I took the trolley to the movie. And then there is, in Casino, there is that inner workings of... A casino where you kind of need the voiceover to explain big short style a little bit too. Sure, like, yeah. like, like what's going on in the, in the counting room it's and, and well, what how they how they monitor cheaters. You know, yeah. the, the, there's, right? there's, there's that's what And I by the way, I that's just a, thought it was too much. There's that's like four different people doing voiceover <laughs> once. It's too much. There is dude. stuff in much. casino. There is stuff in casino that that has been done a million times since. Yeah. Like, like what's going on in the counting room? How uh, um, how it works with the cheaters. You go up in uh, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Twenty one. Yeah. You see that movie? Yeah. Where they're talking about like how to catch the cheaters. That was all done right. in casino before anybody knew what the fuck right. that was. Yeah, or, the, or the big the big sharks from China or Japan where they yeah they, yeah. they broke the plane and the whales and all. How do you deal with the whales? whales. whales. Yes. Right. Yeah, I heard yeah. I heard it's funny like I heard someone talking about few good men and that's listen that's a super powerful movie. I think that movie's awesome. Was that nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Oh yeah, great. All right. great and. What's effective about about that scene? I don't need to explain it. Just that scene itself. You're watching this, but that has been numbed down by all the crime syndicated television, the courtroom dramas that have come between then and now. That like someone watching that today that's never seen it before. Let's say like a like a 25 year old. Is just throwing that over the rest of They've seen so many episodes of right. Law and Order that it's just kind of like, all right. They're well, desensitized. The fact that like they got in there and, and, and the same thing with like a – if you go way back to 12 Angry Men, it's the same, same ideas. You, like, have you guys ever seen uh, uh, The Haunting of Emily Rose? Yeah. No. It, okay. It's yeah, a, well, the, girl, the girl's on trial, things. right? Okay. There's a gr- it's a great movie. The, I think the, it's a great movie. Of Emily Rose. It, it's a it's about it's an actress. It's, it's basically an actressism movie, but it's not. It, it's it's a scary horror movie. It's but a courtroom drama. It's a courtroom drama. The, it takes place in the courtroom. The the uh, the priest well, the, that tried to exercise her is being accused of like involuntary manslaughter. Awesome, dude! It's, it's so gripping, and it yeah. takes place in the courtroom. The whole thing. It's cool. So great. It's, that could be done really well. Cool movie. But like Kieran's yeah. point is that it's been done so much, especially with TV, right? That yeah. everybody's like, yeah, this well, again, you know, like go, to go. It, like to to bring it back to Goodfellas for one second. It's almost like 
if you've seen The Sopranos before Goodfellas, I think everything kind of feel like mm. feels done already. It feel, yeah, it feels it feels done already. And you're like, right. I don't need to know this. I don't need to know well, that. Yeah, meanwhile, well, Sopranos. I, I mean, the main I'll, obviously their main influence I'll, was sure. Goodfellas. I can come out and say that I saw Goodfellas like right when Sopranos started. Okay. Because I was in college, Sopranos started, and I'm like, this is awesome. My friends are like, you got to see Goodfellas. I'm like, oh, let me watch Goodfellas, yeah. and I watch it, and halfway through, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, Chris, Chris, you made me watch Goodfellas. Begged yourself. Begged. Yeah, you're like, you got to watch. I'm like, eh, it's not my, my kind of thing. And, and same thing with Sopranos. Like, eh, not my kind of thing. I don't really like those movies. Oh, I, well, I like, begged you not Godfather. I don't want to watch I begged you, you know, on like, Sopranos. Uh, not, not Goodfellas so much. Begged you yeah, you begged on Sopranos, but you said, we got to watch. We got to watch Goodfellas together. So I watched with you. Uh, you know, I liked it, didn't love it kind of deal. Like, I kind of leant toward a little bit with, with what Artie's points were. But with. then, in the time between then and now, I watched Sopranos straight through. Obviously loved it. It's awesome. Yeah. And when I went back and watched Goodfellas again, I had such a better appreciation for Goodfellas after seeing Sopranos and understanding. I mean, how many characters in Sopranos are in Goodfellas? Oh my like, god, actors! Actors! Paul Walnuts is in three oh seconds of Goodfellas. Paul Walnuts is in like three seconds of it. In the very and so many big pussies yeah. in there. Yeah. Very few people remember Billy that Bats. the first episode of Sopranos. Yeah. First episode of Sopranos. The first one has. Inner dialogue. It has narration. Yes, the first one. Then they they ditch it after that. Hmm. But the pilot episode is narrated. Got it. And that move, that show would have been not horrible. Well, that's the thing. That, that first episode is narration. And, and isn't, that, isn't, isn't that a point to narration in general? Like unless mm. it's done right, it takes away. I think it's it not it can't done, be done in right form. If it's it not done, done well, right, and Goodfellas yeah. is a, what a two and, and a half hour well, movie with voiceover with two people speaking. And the, and the Sopranos, you you have the time to. Lay out a lay out a, this mm-hmm. expansive story. You don't have, and a, that's a your best point for Goodfellas. Yeah. I love that. No, point. That's a I valid actually, that's a point. Great point. And on the you're right the, about that. On you're the Morgan right. Freeman voiceover that Chris brought up before, what, how great is it in the in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies when you have just Morgan Freeman just showing you all the gadgets? Like, yeah. like oh, here's yeah. the Batmobile. Oh, like, is it just anyone watching that? Like, just, like you just have a warm yeah, feeling. Just, that. Like, this like, is awesome. That's like, the Tumblr. Yeah. You <laughs> would be interested. We're interested, Morgan. Doing a little spelunking. <laughs> you, you don't want Morgan Freeman in in a in a very subtle um, scene where you're not talking a lot. Right. You want Morgan Freeman using that beautiful voice he has. Oh. Like, that you got to have. Like, He's got a weird thing not, going on. Have you, you noticed? You're paying him for weird? nothing. Yeah. His hands. He has are like Dumbledore hands. Some, no, no, really. If you ever, no, 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 no. Hold on. If you ever see him in public, he wears two black gloves. You mean the one where he where touches he, where the whole crux? Yeah, and his hands gets all fucked up. Okay, no, make, make, it, no, make know, a case for me not that. editing this out. No, 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 it's no, no. Morgan Freeman. If you know, basically, you Morgan Freeman has a hand that, like, for whatever reason, gets special treatment. And I'll explain it to you perfectly. I, I really will explain it to you. Every Google every picture of him in public. Oh, he wears two black gloves. Yeah. In the, I in, noticed that. In the Dark Knight Rises. He does not wear gloves, and in the last scene, when he, the the chamber's flooding, and he has to climb, he uses his right hand to grab, and he takes his left hand like this, and goes like this. Is to it like climb a Bob Dole hand? It's almost like he had a stroke, or he's like that little guy from Scary Movie Two. He's like, let me stir the mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh my god! Right, Chris let Elliott. Me stir you. Grab my good grab hand. Grab my good hand. I know you're not uh, a Harry Potter uh, guy, obviously. I'm not either. Right, yes. uh, okay, so you look just like Dumbledore, the the head wizard. Touches a Holcrux, which like is like a cur- a an curse, evil, like a cursed a, it's a cursed uh, object. object. And his hand withers like a vi- old vine. It turns black and it gets like <laughs> it's like. Everybody 
does. It's like if you saw it, you would die. You okay. would be on the floor. On that note. On that note. <laughs> I feel like Morgan Freeman. So we're hands. so we're gonna we're gonna now transition into into some gangs of New York talk and see where that goes. But before we do that. We have Chris G's three movies. All right, three, my three movies. Three bad movies that that he loves so much. I'm excited. So get, I'm like, excited about this. Okay, I, I've been working on this pretty hard. Okay, okay, guys, my number three pick, my least favorite of the three, is a movie that a lot, some of you haven't seen, but everybody knows about it. The Room. Mm. The Room. I, I, see, I, see, I didn't see. I Every, didn't quali- the see, room, I didn't, the room with the James room. Franco. Yeah, no, so, no, 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 that's, that's like James Franco based on. James go, Franco go, go. made a movie go. called Disaster Artist okay. about this movie. About the book. That's how bad it is. About probably. the book. There was a movie made movie. about how bad it is. Um, oh, that it's, movie. It's called The Room. It's it's a uh, written, directed, and starred by Tommy Wiseau. It's a movie that nobody understands how was how it was funded. It cost four million dollars. Nobody understands where he got the money. How he got the money. There was a billboard over in L.A., in the middle of L.A., that was up for years. Nobody knows how we paid for it. And it's so bad that you cannot not watch it. It's insane. Like, I you think it. Broadway Melody is bad? <laughs> well, I want to see it now. It's, it's bad in every, and it has no intention of being bad. And if it's on, you'll leave it on every time? I can't. You can't stop. Well, they have, like, Hollywood... Um, Parties with yes. the movie on, like all the like, actors go and like turn it on and watch it. The like, reason it caught steam is that famous people. They made like, a movie about a bad actor. It's based on the book that Disaster Mark, Artist is Mark, based Mark on. wrote a book. The guy yes. who played Mark wrote a book. Exactly. Yeah. The guy who played Mark, one of the characters in the movie, wrote a book about the production and the whole thing. And they made Disaster Artist about that book, uh, uh, based on that. that book. But it is it's it's a cult. It's a cult classic. It, it, it's it's one of those things that like he, like Kieran said. Celebrities will get together at their house and have watch, uh, yeah, watch parties. What are the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes on? It? Okay, they're probably high. It's it's higher than you think. Yeah, because twenty five percent on twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and three point seven percent on three point seven out of ten. No, I mean, really? I thought when it you be watch higher. it, you'll be like, how like how was this ever made? Because the production value is oddly high for a movie that's so bad. It's. It's shocking. I, I can't explain. You, it's a movie you have to watch. I'm not going to spend time explaining it it's, to you. You have to watch it. Yeah. Okay. It, it's 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 one of I one of those things. Watch it. And <laughs> I you just asked it? you a minute ago if you've seen it. You're like, yeah, I've seen it. You own I've it. Seen it. I own a DVD. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's one of it's a, also a movie that you don't. You're not. Uh, it's not a movie I'll sit there alone and watch necessarily. No, that's weird. But you, you want to <laughs> invite. Like I would invite you guys over and be like, you guys got to watch this. Yeah. Let's like, watch it. Watch watch it. Like, what? Like. And I would say no. No, no, you should watch it. Should. Uh, okay, number two. Number two. Uh, Grant, you, Grant, you seem slightly jealous of his first pick. Well, no, because I because I didn't I didn't think it qualified because it was because it wasn't really? because the parameters. No, 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 because yeah. it was because I thought we were doing like wide release because it wasn't like a wide release. I think since since yes, was it it was correct. theatrical, but since then it's, one made, it's gained a huge following. So oh, it only got released in one theater, but since has become a cult classic. But yeah, right. like, uh, wait, it counts. Eventually right. evolves. Into oh, I don't like care. Okay, it's right. the second one, which I think some Shut of up, you were going to actually agree with me on, uh, it's a movie called The Beach. I love that. Movie. Uh, I love Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, one yeah. of my Andrew favorite Boyle. directors. And, and, and just just to, cut, just to stop real quick, we did we did put as a parameter it would have to be a theatrical release. So like, if anyone who at home is screaming. Made for TV movies at the screen. No, like, the, right the room was not made for TV. No, 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 I know, but I'm saying like it just so. Yeah. Anyone listening, I don't understands if you have like a made for TV or a home release movie that you're thinking of. We, we talk about theatrical. Yeah. So, so the beach, uh, Danny Boyle directed. 
I think it's a great movie, man. I really I think it. I really think it's great. I think Tilda Swinson. Tilda Swinson yeah, Tilda plays Swinton. the. Uh, she's the, so good at acting, she, and she's played, and she also plays an evil bad I'm, guy very well. Which is no piercer. She plays a character, desperate yeah. character. Uh, yeah, she's trying. Once to, it falls apart, she becomes it, like a mess. It, if any of you haven't seen it, it's about it's a movie about a an American that that goes to Thailand. I think yeah, and, he wants to escape society, escape. And, and he find well, he meets some people that to say, hey, there's a secret island where people are living. Gets there, and yes, it's a, it's a secret society living on this beautiful, gorgeous uh, island in, off of Thailand, and, right, right next to drug cartels. That, right, 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 there's, next, like, there's like, a drug fields. cartel on yeah. the island. They're living in in uh, Simpatico. But it goes wrong, and then is that the word? Did they use the right word? Perfect. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I was uh, gonna say like. And, but they go, it goes wrong. Thing, everything goes wrong. Uh, great movie. There's uh, Danny Boyle has a specific style. It's heavy handed in this one. The chicken, the chicken that is. Leo. Oh, by the way, sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leo. And it's, I believe it's the movie he does immediately after Titanic. Is that right? I think it's. I think his his filmography goes Titanic. Stylized. It is heavy handed. Um, well, the video there's, a, there's a specific scene that I'll say is not great where um, he's an arcade game. Yeah, or he's three a, years a, after video game. So, okay, so yeah, that that scene is bizarre. Bizarre. And so when I, wa- I watched the about like, I think like last summer I watched it. And I did not realize it was Danny Boyle until the credits rolled. And I watched that that weird video game scene. I'm just like, what? And then when it said directed by Danny Boyle, like, I was oh. like, everything kind of hit yes. me at once. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, I gotta check this out again. Like, and and I think that it was one of those examples where it was a little Before early in his career. Obviously, Train Spotting was his first big hit, and that right. he could have easily have been a one-hit wonder type of. That was director. a year before, uh, four years before this. This was 2000. Train Spotting was, I believe, 96. Right. Okay. So that yeah, yeah. Right. And, right. and he's obviously, in my opinion, a super. Experimental director, and yeah. he's not going to just do one thing. Of course, and and this movie was out there, and I just think that this is an example of a movie that's aged way better than it premiered. Great, and yeah. great. That's where Elias Rotten is. Great on it. I agree completely. The chicken is, but, it, but I'm stunned. But I'm stunned to hear it's sub fifty, guys. Oh sub fifty. Kieran, it's twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's bizarre. Twenty percent. When you said six point seven, six point seven. Which is still low. Which is still low, but twenty percent, dude. That's that's yeah. horrible. That's very low. It's 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 considered it's a it's considered a horrible movie. I Every, think that's lower than most of mine, and it's a better movie than all of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't it, even it, think it's that would qualify. It's shocking. Frankly, yeah. It's shocking, but it's super low. Um, that was number two. That's my number two. My yeah. number three. Great choice. Great choice. My number three. What is your number one? I mean, my number one. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Oh, this is my to- <laughs> this is my Tony Scott pick. My number one pick. Is a movie called Domino. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a wonderful. It, uh, okay. Again. <laughs> I'm going to move Chris on. Chris G is excited over here. We all agree with you. Okay. Starring Kira Knightley, Mickey Rourke, and two of the guys from the original um, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 Brian Austin Green and um, uh, Ian Ziering. They are playing themselves. And they are kidnapped. They are kidnapped by the characters for ransom, by the other characters. Uh, fucking awesome movie. It, it's Tony Scott. It's 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 overly. It, it, it's heavy handed again. A Tony Scott movie that's super. He- All the texts are going across the screen as people are talking a lot, like uh, Man on Fire. Right. But way over the top. The editing is super bizarre. It, it's it's very odd. 
but it's it, it's about a, a, a group of bounty hunters, TV bounty hunters, like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Domino is is one with Mickey Rourke, and there's other characters. God, and, and I just I'm sorry, it's wonderful. I wonderful. was prepared for someone to bring up Dog the Bounty Hunter. You talk about shows <laughs> that you get. First of all, Dog the Bounty Hunter only airs ten at a time. Like there's never like a single episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter on. You, you turn it on and you are going to watch eight episodes of Dog the Bounty Hunter. It just just goes right in this. Another show like that would be Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. It's <laughs> Impractical yeah. Jokers. Yeah. Which is uh, yeah. I, I want to touch on Domino. Okay. Domino came out less than a year after Man on Fire. Wow. He she he. I think he just rushed the movie, threw it together. Put it out. It sucked, and you love it. I, I watch it every and, time, and dude. Man, it's eighteen percent no, no, no on judgment. Tomatoes. No, it's, no judgment. Sucked and loved it is the point of this list. To- total, total. I've seen it. It's hard to watch. It's yeah, bad. But Artie. Jerry Knightley is so Artie. watchable. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighteen percent on Rotten. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Five point nine on. on I would agree with both of those. Uh, it's, it's, total, a, it's, a, it's a great entertaining movie, dude. Total I, I cable great TV movie. Point. Like it's yeah. on. Put it I'll on. I'll watch yeah. it every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I do have an honorable mention. Yeah, Beach is a better movie than Dom. That should be the. One. I would. I would agree. Yeah, of course. I have. I actually. I kind of have two honorable mentions, but yeah, say them. Okay, Jaws three. Or, sorry, Jaws four. Jaws the Revenge. Fucking love it. Is that the one in the and sea That's part? with Michael Caine. No, no Michael Caine. Michael Caine. It's the Michael Caine one. He turned Four. down like Mar- a major role. Mar- Mario Van Peebles. It's a great movie. No way. They're in this. Yeah, yeah, the Bahamas. Bahamas. Right. That's Wait, right. Don't they live on like a private beach and the fa- and the shark and the shark is them? the shark. Mike, Mike, the shark yeah. family is stalking their family. This is the premise basically? Because the other two sharks are dead. The other sharks are dead. The whole concept of it's making terrible. sequels to Jaws is ridiculous to begin with. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Jaws two is not bad. The premise is... Uh, to, to me, the other Jaws movies don't exist. Yeah. I, I know, agree with you. Well, Grant, and for, and for context, Grant, Grant, Jaws is, is your favorite movie of all time. He's wearing, I'm wearing a Jaws shirt right He's wearing now. a Jaws shirt right now. My favorite movie of all time, too. Number one. Wow, you both... Jaws both number, number one, one favorite movies. Number one. Wow. I think it's a travesty that anybody that likes movies, it's not their favorite movie. It just mm-hmm. should be. Anyway. Oh. Team Cuckoo's next. And my other one, which doesn't qualify for this list, but I'm going to say it anyway, and you guys, give me your honest opinion. Point Break. We all love it, but it's a terrible movie. No, the first I don't one? think it's, it's original. No, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I have never I seen think the first one straight through. It's so great. There's nothing honorable I don't, I don't, about not qualifying. So like we can't. I'm just saying yeah, that it, it's a it's a terrible movie that everybody loves. Everybody loves. You know what it is? Yeah. Why right. kind of? It's, it's poorly I acted. The story is ridiculous. I have Roadhouse ridiculous. in that same thing. But I never heard anyone say anything negative. I never heard anyone say anything negative about Point Break. I, Watch I, the I, acting. Wait, wait, wait. The story, the story is not ridiculous. An FBI agent has to become an a professional ex- surfer <laughs> in order to bring and, down a terrorist. And, and, like, no. And he's like, wrong with that? And he's also an ex-like football player. College all-star football player. I have a question. Have you seen the remake? No. Yeah, it's. I still watch it. No. It's. It's good. I know. Like, <laughs> it's like it better than the old. I've I know. We should have put that on. I've seen the new no, one. I, I have I just to say that. His, like, his, every guys, his name in the movie is Johnny Utah. Yeah, the best. His boy. actual name. The best. Tell me that's a good movie. On the fly, the best. Like Johnny, I'm sorry. Tell Johnny. me that's a good movie best, right now. It's a good movie. I agree with you, but tell me why it's a good movie. Yeah, and I, I've witnessed my brother Brennan B have a conversation with someone where he goes, "The best bad movie of all time." Is Point Break. He's right. And the guy goes, that's not a bad movie. It's a great movie. He goes, no. No. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. And the guy goes, well, I like it. He's like, I like it too. I like it better than you. 
It's a I bad movie and it's great. It's so He's exactly right. It's That's so a guy, exactly Gil, right. who was listening yeah. to him just his head spun three times. So and what the hell was going your on. brother is exactly fucking right. <laughs> I think it's I think it's fantastic that the director of Point Break directed her locker in Zero Dark Thirty. It's that is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing to me. Hell yeah. I, I I think I think there are there are points in that movie that are just of course it's like it's what, nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one, it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But like just because it's over the top doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. I don't know. No doubt. Okay, so moving back to our final box to check here. Gangs of New York, and this was again. I, I said this a little earlier in, in the in the episode. This was kind of the one where like RDB just kind of did like a quick little like blindside shot and like knocked it down. And then I felt like a lot of a lot of people who heard it were like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute! I like that movie." And we didn't really expand on it. And I like just speaking for myself. I kind of lean to Camp RDB here with this one. I think there's a lot of issues with that movie. We last week, Rob Bobcat, who loves the movie gave you what he thought was great about it and I liked what he had to say I already you've heard the podcast yeah. with him so you heard what he had to say too so there were some, some kind of vibes that I liked but let's have Artie kick this one off with with what he has issues with and then we'll have the defenders respond to him so we'll flip it we'll flip the script a little bit <clears throat> so I did the same thing I did with Goodfellas like I went into this movie re-watching it for this podcast with the mentality that there's nothing about this movie I shouldn't like Leonardo DiCaprio, Daniel Day-Lewis, John C. Riley, Martin Scorsese, a period piece. I, everything about it I should like. And I, I put it on, and I pushed play, and I watched it. And Liam Neeson's in the opening scene. I'm like, oh, I love Liam Neeson. And he gives his little dialogue, his little monologue to Leo DiCaprio. And I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? This sucks. <laughs> and then and he, he take Leo and him go outside, and it's just like this shitty set. With these shitty costumes, with the the costumes are the best part of the movies. Uh, but they're shitty. When apparently. the when the movie is so bad that the the costumes are the best part, I feel like I'm watching people in costumes. So they go outside and they have this quote unquote battle scene, which the Royal Rumble is more realistic than. I watched this scene and I was like, "This is the buildup for Leo's character to want vengeance on Daniel Day Lewis." Is Bill the Butcher, Bob the Butcher, whatever. Bill the Butcher? Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. I Bill and Bob it. Film buff. So anyway, I watched it. And I'm like, uh, the opening scene, I'm like, this is terrible. This is just so bad. Uh, the action is bad. The, the, the gore is bad. The, the violence is bad. Like, Martin Scorsese is so good at violence. This is so bad. And, and then the movie progresses. And I'm like, all right, so let's see the premise of this movie. Okay, so the guy who died in the opening scene, his son, who has been sent away and now returns and is somehow unrecognizable to everyone ever, is it, he comes back. Oh, okay, sorry. The He's guy a with the, kid the, in the guy, first the scene. guy with the big hammer from Braveheart recognizes him. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson, a fucking brilliant actor. He's a great actor. Come on, phenomenal. He's in. <laughs> Multiple great movies. I'm not gonna let you just like diminish. No, no. So much. I appreciate. I like, that. I, appreciate I, that. I like the amount of ground that he got to go. Like we were getting him, let him just well, kind of go. I appreciate there. that. I don't, no, I don't let's know be, the actor's name. The actor's great. Let's have this be said though. That, that battle scene, scene sucks. though, that's equivalent to the Anchorman scene where it they sucks. all have weapons and they're the Anchorman scene. <laughs> anyway, the premise of the movie then is this kid whose dad was killed by Daniel Day Lewis goes away, comes back pretends to be Daniel Day-Lewis's number two man for the movie. Meanwhile, this is all I could think about the whole movie. Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor. 
His hair is greasy the whole movie. Yeah. He's not showering. But everyone else on set is normal. They're showering. That's Their hair sh- is normal. Daniel Day-Lewis's hair is wet, combed against his face. He's sweating. He looks like he has meat sweat. Right. Like he eats... You're I'm giving my monologue. <laughs> That's bad. I mean, it's just... It's factually inaccurate. No, it's like, not. His hair is sliding sideways. Yes, his is. So... Uh, that's my point. He's the only method actor on the set. That's not true. All right, John C. Riley might be, but he's not not washing his hair for three months to be, oh, Bill the Butcher or whatever his name is. Anyway, the end. Of, the whole movie is so stupid. There are and facial then, expressions going on across the room. I just want to... And then, there's the, and then it's finally like, oh, Leo's going to throw. Leo's going to try to get Bill the Butcher. And Bill the Butcher finds out and throws knives at him. And then it's like... Oh, uh, he's not going to kill him. <laughs> All right. Wait. No, I'm not. Let me get to the wait. end. Let me get to the end. And then at the end, the oh, right. two of them the fight. So accurately. Yeah. And the two of them fight. This is my rendition of the movie. The two of them fight. They both die and the movie ends. And I feel like I wasted my time. <laughs> well, first of all, Leo doesn't die in it. So he's bad. literally in Brooklyn burying, burying Bull the Butcher next to his father. Wow. At the end really? of the movie. Yeah. I thought he died at the end with Bill no. Butcher. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. I, I, I'll tell you right you're, now. Changing honestly, that, man, you're blowing my mind because I don't remember that at See? all. See? Oh, wow. It wasn't that memorable at the end? Get out of here. <laughs> you fucking... I, dude, I, I'll honestly, tell you right now that changes nothing. The movie's so <laughs> The movie is it, so messy. You, the camera... The camera... For you is, to say it sucked is... is uh, is a travesty. You're, I, you're, I, I agree. You're being I agree a ridiculous person. Uh, I'm not. Chris, no, I'm not, man. I, I wanted well, to let, 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 let him respond. Let I know, but let me defend. I mean, and, and Grant, <laughs> jump in whenever you want. All right. Seriously. Yeah. First of all, Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio, the acting is is mesmerizing. Completely agree. It, it's unreal. The scenes with the two of them are... are out of this world. It's unto the best actors of our time. But yeah, let, let costume, you're, you're busting balls on costume design. That's like saying like the movie Glory, oh, they're in costume. Yeah, it's world, it's Civil War, dude. Of course they're in fucking costume. <laughs> I'm not busting balls. I mean, we're not in the Civil War era anymore. But wait, but like, <laughs> duh, like, are you fucking I'm not serious? busting balls on costume design. Yeah, you did, actually. Rewind, you did. I that, said that, the movie that, is that, so that, bad. That, I said the movie is so bad that the costume design are, stands out. That they are in a period piece wearing was, costumes. He said it was bad. Uh, well, it is bad. Defense on the floor, though. Fine, yeah, on the please. Floor. Okay. Th- th- there's that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesus, where do I begin with this horrible... I mean, Movie. first of all, you, you refer, how did you refer to um, Brendan Gleeson? Is it the guy with a hammer? From Braveheart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. From also, Braveheart. fucking awesome in this movie. I mean, what? He's fantastic. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, oh, he's my God. He's the best great. part of the movie. I'm Dude, not going to The acting, I'm sorry. Besides, um, and I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Eight mile you here and and respond <laughs> if you to your to the first episode. I'm, gonna res- I'm ahead. Of I'm going to eight mile you because <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to tell you how you're wrong before you even tell me how I'm wrong. Cameron Diaz is not great. I'll agree with you there. She's it's, she's it's, worse it's, than it's not. Rough. Great. She's 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 rough. She's bad. She's bad. Yeah, yeah, we already kind of prefaced this last week. It's like that part is documented, and we're yeah, not going to discuss okay, it. Yeah. Right. We nobody so disagrees. We all we all agree with that. No one disagrees on that. Listen, I'm not going to say it was like. Horrible act. It was just it, it, unnecessary. Like it, the whole character. Well, you should. It's, it's horrible horrible It's a black mark on the movie. We yeah. agree. We're moving on. Yeah. Go, okay. go. Uh, I think when you're working on a movie that's that 
epic. I'm going to use the word epic. It is. You may not agree with it, but it it, it was at least meant to be an epic movie. And I, I the, think it the, is. The, I agree with that. Completely, completely agree, agree with that. that. You may not. My, think, I, I I think it is. You may not think it is. But he was working on an epic production, and was which was riddled with problems. And to to put that all together is an astounding feat. And for you to say like it's the, just a shitty movie is is the set the set ridiculous. alone was was I mean it was like the it was the highest budgeted movie. Or yeah, something. but cool, like you, great having a set in the background and and well, that's and part possible. of movie making, it is, man. But, and that, it's a, but that's it's not, great, that's well the, done, right? In that, that movie, that's a background part of the movie making. If, if the background is awesome, and then the I, actors I, I, and I the screenplay like, suck, you feel like you're watching a play. I feel like the enter, the the whole. Built the whole five points part. It's it's a lot more than just the background. It is it's it's a part character in and of itself. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's 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 a part of the movie that Fair. that live that lives and breathes. And I feel it like, like I feel you like put more energy into that than the actual characters. It's an extremely mm. unique and unknown part of not unknown, but well, it's, it's yeah, a unique part of history that's not often told. Eighteen sixties like, New York is we're, 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 we're New Yorkers. We're New Yorkers, yeah. and it's like even like I'm looking at some of that, and I thought that that was like Bobcat brought up last week. That is kind of a cool thing. It's like I had been to those parts. It is fascinating to think that to think that and those street, that's what and those totally street names, those street totally names are still around to this day, yeah. and yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it's kind of I cool. will say this as far as like calling this an epic. Like in my opinion, and we discussed a little bit last week about about what makes an epic and what is an epic. Okay, obviously, like Gladiator is an epic, but is Titanic an epic? Uh, yeah, it yeah, probably yeah. is, right? Yeah, probably Titanic? is. Titanic. Like we said it's an epic boat. Fuck yeah! And it's like, but in, in the story, it's, it's such a but here's huge part of here's our my issue with this movie that. is is this movie isn't just an epic because it is. This movie is an epic because like moment one, this movie's an epic. Like they're co- proclaiming this is an epic. Nobody, you watch Lawrence of Arabia and. Fucking two seconds into that, you're like, I am watching the epic of epics. This is a movie. This is a movie of a man who's trying to make an epic, in my opinion. And and I, and I and he, he misses his. Mind. I think I, one I think person can make an epic, and I think there's two of the best actors of our lifetime in it. And That's I think true. that alone. Yeah. I, I, do, I, do, I do. That I do. Alone agree agree I do. Agree Kramer versus Kramer is not an epic, and it's two of the best actors of our time. I'm going to go out and say that Daniel Day Lewis's character, every scene he acts in, is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, same with Leo. The character, Bill the Butcher, is very single-layered. Not deep at all. He is a guy who runs the town. It's like it's a monster. So it's like Goodfellas. No, it's like Goodfellas. Okay, I mean, he the, runs the town. Every, if they I, don't I, work his, for me, they work his, for me. Okay, cool. They work for you. Take a shower. Your hair is greasy. Go ahead. <laughs> his, his scene where he explains about killing the priest shows that he there is a lot more to him than just after, Joe, after Leo sleeps with Cameron Diaz and he's he's draped, he's draped in the American flag and he talks about how the priest was the only was the last person he killed that was worth a damn. Right. And it he shows that it shows that there is this even though he was even though he was Irish, even though he was this immigrant that he just he just fucking detests his those people. He still no, had no, this he's not I'm sorry to Bill the Butcher Daniel, detests the Daniel Irish. Daniel Day-Lewis's character is not... He, was, he's, he is born in America. That's his whole premise is that no, he's I'm, not Irish. He was born... No, no, I'm saying he detests Liam Neeson and his people. He detests anybody that wasn't born right. in, 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 in the States. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it shows that there is more to his character. And the way that he takes in Leonardo DiCaprio... And when you said before, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio pretends to be his number two, there is a surrogate father relationship there that that Leonardo that DiCaprio was torn between getting like avenging his father's death 
and developing this closeness with this guy that's taking him under his wing. A father he's never a had. Fa- yeah, a fa- father figure that he's never really had. Um, and I never got that vibe in the movie. Okay, well, I did. But it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious, though, because the he, loses, the he loses his, his father, what, five or six? Or something? He's, he's young, not that old, right? He spends, uh, as, according to the movie, he spends his time in a... In a you Basically know, a prison. A prison for prison, kids. But a boys' school. A boys' school, yeah. right. A, a school for young men. In Ireland, right? And, uh, no, no. no. Doesn't he get sent away? No, but it's, 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 no. it's like uh, Randall's Island or something. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's something like that. He comes out remembering everything and wanting revenge. But then he meets, and he knows who he's going for. But once, the, you, like to your point, once he, he gets into the relationship with uh, Danny Day-Lewis, it, he becomes a kind of a father figure to him. And he, and he, and he looking for, like, not, maybe not looking for it, but accepting his approval. There's a yeah. lot of approval going on between Danny Day-Lewis sure. and, and DiCaprio. And I think that's what the story is. That's, that's the movie. Well, well I, I, do, I do need to say this, and, and this is, leads into my biggest issue with that movie. And there's obviously phenomenal actors involved. There's a phenomenal filmmaker involved. There's a lot of great things going on. There's a lot of money that goes into this movie. There's some sort of story there. This is not effective storytelling to me. This whole movie is not effective storytelling. There's, there's, there's like effort and energy into characterization, but the characterization doesn't implement itself into effective storytelling where I'm left with anything that, that assembles some sort of impactful Impression. I just, I'm sorry, I'm just not left with anything. And I completely agree with Kieran because I, what I'm gathering from this is your description of what you got from the movie is an enthralling story, and that's not what I got from the movie. Yeah, I watched the movie and I felt like it was a mess. So I should have here. (laughs) No, no, and I think maybe I I got something out of the story that uh, Scorsese did. Maybe. I think that when we talked about this from the very beginning is that these are all movies and we're bringing up fucking Battleship tonight. Like, like yeah, there's Jesus. different people are going to like different things in different movies. But I think that like something that makes the great movies great is is that the they're emotional accessible. Element. They're accessible to whoever is there to let that story be received. This was not an accessible movie. I'm just I don't I'm, I'm not. There's, if Give I want to sit Give down and quote. fall in love with this movie, I'll fall in love with it. But that's not necessarily what I want in a movie. I want a movie to, to kind of romanticize okay. me. A so bit. so I, I feel like you guys are saying that that there is a an like an emotional like uh, uh, element to it that, that was kind of missing. Like you, you did not really, emotional. Well, no, listen, listen. I wasn't no, engaged. Just give me a second. That you guys didn't really feel connected to the story or the characters in a way that made you really like what was happening to them was really important. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I don't think that the storytelling was effective, effective enough to engage me on a high enough level that. that but it I think that's always you. that always that's what it comes down to for me is when I don't like a movie or I'm not interested in it. It's always about did I care about the characters? Did I care about what mm. happens to them? And I feel like what you guys are saying is that you didn't get that, right? Is that 100%. fair? Is that fair? And that's how I feel about and Goodfellas. We're, talking, we're literally we're talking swapping about opinions Leo is my that. favorite actor of all time. 100% no, agree with you. Me too. I mean, I'm more impressed with Daniel Lewis than any other actor I've ever seen. Me too. You know, I mean, those are arguably up there other than Dustin Hoffman. I mean, like, those are like my favorite actors. And they're in a Martin Scorsese movie and I'm sitting here explaining to you on recording why I don't like it. That doesn't make sense to <laughs> and me. That's why there's issues and, that. and when I said, when I went into it, like, I should like this movie. I yeah. like all yeah. the actors in it. I like the story. Like, you, when you're describing the story, I was sitting like this, listening to you <laughs> describing the story. It's interesting. Seriously, I never look at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
Especially but when you were describing this, I was enthralled, and I'm like, that's in- that's interesting. That's not what the movie conveyed. The movie conveyed a mess to me, and I just the opening scene was so bad. It's it's like a it's like a set list. You have to open strong and end strong. I, I will. I will, the there is a a questionable stylistic choice on Scorsese's part when it came to like. The zoom in, the, the camera work where he zoomed in quick on the face or where like the knife was going or something. Uh, the, when you talk about realism, and I, I feel like, I agree, it's not realistic, but I feel like that was kind of. There's, this movie is also about this underlying tension in New York City where there is this, these upper class people. And New York City is, is meant to be like the sophisticated landscape. But underneath it all are these fucking barbarians. And the city is just under the surface, just ready to explode, in which it does at the very end. So I feel like this over-the-top violence is heavy-handed. It seems to be the word of the night. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a heavy-handed approach to the underlying violence that... You're not. It's not really synonymous with New York City. I'll flat out disagree. Okay. I don't think the violence is heavy-handed. I think the violence fits the story. The nature of that time was super violent. Okay. I think the underlying story. Yes. In Gangs of New York is boring. What What is the underlying story to you? Chris describing it to me was more interesting than than. Well, the what, movie no, like, I like, like, what's the underlying story all right, to you? All right, Leonardo DiCaprio's father dies, and it the was... unfurling of Leonardo DiCaprio's character is he gets himself in a position to be in a good spot to exact revenge right. against Bill the Butcher by pretending to be his like number two, right. so he doesn't know who he is. Right. Bill, Bill the Butcher doesn't know who he is. When he finds out who he is, they they fight, and then. Leo gets a chance to fight at the end again. I don't, the violence wasn't an issue. It was honestly like Martin Scorsese once said that making a sports movie with a ball, you can't do. You can't do anything with a ball because it's unpredictable. Yeah. That's when he made Raging Bull. Okay. I kind of feel he feels that way about his violence. He needs to control every aspect of it, and it doesn't come off as natural. It does not come off as as true violence. It comes off as old 50s Broadway violence, like theatrical violence, like violence, like where it's like, oh, Chang, Ching. If you can't see me, I'm pretending to hit two swords together. Like, like, yes, but then you talk about like some guy, some guy getting fish hooked at his... Right, but that, that, and, that, and that, fi- that fish hook... That stays fist, with you, though, that doesn't fi- it? That fist fighting scene with the fish hook scene is, is the best scene in the movie. Okay. And I, I can't I, I deny that. that. I mean, that's the acting is phenomenal too. throughout. The, the guy Leo fights is great. Leo's great. And it's so lame that he just fish hooks him. And he's like, oh, he almost fish hooked him. Go ahead. Okay, so what, I'll, I'll go into the fight stuff, which you guys were just talking about. And then I'll go into what, what, Grant, what Grant said earlier. There's so, historically accurate versions of what fights were. And I think in that era, so, they're using blunt objects. They're using... Um, Primitive. Primitive is the word I was looking at. They're using primitive instruments of violence here, right? Yeah. So now, that being said, so so, that, they, so they're showing that, and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. No, the choreography of the fight sucks. Okay, they, they but, fair enough. So, like, you're... Except it, that. Something more like Braveheart is, is what you would consider, like, extremely accurate and fun to watch. Something like Braveheart. But I mean, Braveheart's pretty... Countless other examples of, but of Bra- I mean, good Braveheart, violence. okay, but, uh, you know, let's say within that era, you know, 
I mean, what, when was this? Uh, this is two thousand two. It's just two thousand two. It's like filmed. It's just filmed like right before nine eleven. Yeah, and then okay. airs like right after. So it's about ten. 10 years before Braveheart, I guess. 10 years uh, after. Well, 10 yeah, years 10 after. Years after sorry. Braveheart's like 95 or 96. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so fair enough. Forrest Gump's 94, Braveheart's 96. Okay. So, oh, Braveheart is extremely effective in, in the violence category, right? And they're using very similar primitive... No CGI. No CGI and primitive uh, can tools. I, can I just say this about the battle scene, though? Yeah, is, sure. Is, is that you spend all this energy showing how twisted and, you know, and demonic all these weapons are that each guy has. It's... it's and then you're having this battle over snow, and it looks like somebody stepped on a hamster as far as how much blood is on the ground. <laughs> like, but there's no blood on the snow. Like, there's guys like, there's like fucking hatchets and like okay. chainsaws, fair, you know. Like, but, like, and, like, and yeah, like, what, like and it's like you that, look at the ground, and it's just like, oh, I think someone peed can, over can there. That, like, yeah. that, like, there's no can, blood. It's Martin Scorsese. That's a good point, dude. I, could, that, could that have been a ratings? Thing where they they told you to not, they tell them to tone it down. It's rated R. No, but still, like, like look what they did in Kill Bill, where they had to put half the fight scene at the end in black and white be, to appease the. Uh, what years guys? Is that right? He yes. ran. I didn't no, know he that. Ran, he, no, that so wasn't doing me. He ran out of fake blood. Oh, he ran out of fake blood. Oh, he needed to use water. Are you he, fucking serious? Yes, he ran out of How fake blood. How do you run out of? I mean, bro, have you I seen? Have you seen the crazy eighty-eight scene with? Okay, no, all right. He ran out of fake blood. Okay. So he, he literally cut the black and white okay. and said, we're out of fake blood, we'll make it Pretty whatever. Cool. Okay, what I'm going to say about the characters, okay, you didn't didn't feel that emotionally attacked, that the story is a little weak. For me, right. it's about Leo and... Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. And also New York, man. I, and I think that might be part of like us being living in New York. I love the fact that it takes place in New York. It's, it's telling a history, I'm sure it's not accurate, but it's a telling of New York City's history. To me, that's like the most important character in the in the movie, which is why I like it. Maybe why I like it so much, and that might be a detriment to my opinion. That could be you why know? you like it, but not necessarily why it's good. That, because uh, we're oh, fair like, enough. All Oklahoma, we I'm love Oklahoma. Like, I'm it's not like that. people in Oklahoma love it, and we're in New York. I'm but it's like, Kieran, I'm admitting that completely. Yeah, it, that might be. I might be biased because. We live here. I love this place, and I think that the history is awesome. He yeah. wanted it to be a character, and I think that was well done. I uh, think he tried harder to make the the setting and the whole everything the character more than actually giving Daniel Day Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio something to work with. Daniel Day Lewis has very do you really he's think very Martin single he's very single layered in this. Do you think he's Martin one, Scorsese very, didn't, th- didn't think about it? Like didn't we're like I care more about New York. Fuck Daniel. No, I think those are production problems and, and, and Hollywood problems. Budget that come along with the way you're right. Like the the budget and the and the and the costume is so much. Okay. So I think where you talk about the thin characters and you talk about the you said the underlying story was Leo and and Daniel Day Lewis. That is the very on the surface story. I think the underlying story of this, I think a lot of it has to do with immigration. All the Irish coming in and then Daniel D. Lewis saying, well, these guys aren't Americans because you know, my father died for this country. And what are these guys doing? They're going to America, signing a piece of paper, then going off to fucking Tennessee to fight the Civil War. There's a, ton, there's a lot of things like that in the movie that, like what I said before, it kind of, they're all underlying and no one really pays attention to it. The main characters don't pay attention to this really until it all blows up in their face in a spectacular fashion and fucks everything up for them. So at the very end, they want to go in this fight scene. They want to have this big brawl and all these people are there, but they're so self-absorbed 
that they can't read the tea leaves and they can't see that the city is burning around them. That's my favorite part of the movie, by the way. It's, it, oh, that's why I, I think the ending is perfect because it's almost like, like literally the U.S., the Union Army is killing New Yorkers. They're killing their own people. And all they give a shit about is this family drama. All right. So think about the premise. Right. Of, think about the story. Starts off with Leo seeing his father killed by Bill the Butcher. Right. And the underlying story is what you were just saying, which is nothing to do with the I think opening scene of I Bill think the Butcher. I think that's his point. It's, 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 they're showing you they're, – they're leading you – he's leading you along a path because you're going to go along the same path as – Leo and Bill the Butcher. Well, he has to hint at the other story. Then he can't. He does throughout the whole movie. But what other? What, like he talks about the, about, the about with the Irish immigrants. Then they and they're they're and literally talk- coming off the boat and going right to the war. Dude. Like, they're like they're like here there's, you go. They're giving them a, they're signing sign your name. Here's a gun. See you later. There's, there's they, people from the government going to five points. They're saying if you give us two hundred dollars, you don't have to go. Right. Nobody goes to war. Right. This is kind of. But so what I'm saying is, so the whole. But they brush on it throughout the entire yeah, movie. It's, it's not just once or twice. Dude. It goes throughout it the is. entire movie. And everyone's they, they, they care about the elections and they care about this stuff. And it's almost it's and almost nihilistic. Yeah, it's almost nihilistic and the movie's almost nihilistic in Did that way. engage you? Did that get did, did you pick up on that? I that mean, there was a problem Karen, with people just constantly going to te- to Tennessee. For the Civil War because they couldn't afford the two hundred dollars. It was a scene in the movie, but it wasn't a big part of okay, the movie. Okay, so I so if you're if you're addressing to that me. to me, in my opinion, I think that there's this movie is trying to make a point. I think that there is when you crack the nut, there's something in this movie that is of value. But my point is is that when you're trying to hum a melody, and everyone in the room is banging pots and pans. The melody doesn't meet the ear, and that's this okay. movie to me. Okay. It, it is just it is sloppy. The set, it. It is sloppy. set is distracting to me. I, I think they spent all this money on the set pieces, like that end scene on the docks there. Like, man, it's just it's too much. Couldn't it's agree too more. Too much to me. It's just the, the movie's too much. And and to the point you made, I may I may fully agree with you. He might have tried to make the city of New York more of a character than actually giving. Yeah, it wasn't like credit to. to Lewis and and Caprio. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it's not so much. I, I I think it was just the the like the themes of the movie and the, I mean, the, the ignorance or the hypocrisy of Daniel Day Lewis not realizing that he does. You know, he thinks that Irish people aren't Americans and it, they're doing the exact same thing that his father did that make to make him an American and he can't fucking see that. I think the the premise of this whole movie is that there's people Leo and um, Daniel Day Lewis. Sorry, I'm not using their character names, but you know, yeah, you guys know it. And all the other characters in between are fighting for power, right? Re- meanwhile, nobody has power. The government right. is literally yeah. trying. All all that's happening is they they need bodies to go to war, and that's that's the uh, that's the actual story of the movie. The rest of it's all bullshit. Like you guys said, it's all like you, uh, Grant. You said like they're basically all. They're doing their whole catty thing amongst themselves. Meanwhile, the, the country is falling apart. The city's falling the rest, apart. The rest of the world doesn't. The country's falling apart. The rest of know? the world doesn't give a shit about your family. Exactly. Problems. It is old. This old rivalry that we have, or whatever the fuck is it's, going it's on. Almost, it's or, almost or nationalism. Uh, I, I was born in America, or we're still going through this. I'm born here. You're born in Ireland. And now, when you guys watch this movie, you feel that. 
I, yeah, I, I do. Because I, I, I don't. I think that, yeah. I think that's it, the it might, difference. It might, yeah. And that's the beauty of this podcast. Sure. It might, it like, might take yeah. a difference. It, it, and I, I don't blame you if you don't want to do this, but it might take a couple of – it might take one or two viewings. Yeah, I'll tell you. Times. I'm going to rewatch well, it. I'm going to rewatch it. I've seen to New York for it. Okay. You look for – if you look for the hints, if you look yeah. for the, the crumbs, stuff. if you look for the crumbs of where the movie's actually going to go, it's. I feel like it's really effective. So it's I a, think it's, in a, it's a, movie, a country in the midst, the midst of a of a war and a city in the midst of collapse, and that's the story. I think you he know? went for a movie and tried to make a a movie that he would win Best Picture for. And I think he failed. I think he fell. Sh- I think he fell short. I, I listen. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't think this movie. I don't think even came close. He didn't fail. I think he fell short. Yeah. I think. Okay. You well, guys, all, we, everybody here has valid points. It's just your perspective. Like we liked it. You guys didn't. I mean, that's fair enough. You know, like it's the beauty of this. It's yeah. the beauty of this. And I'm going to rewatch it in with that in mind. And I would like watch that. it again. I really would. I'm not against well, watching. If you do, I would do watch Goodfellas again. If you do watch it, if you do watch it again, try to watch it on. Try to watch it. With that lens, through that lens, about like just the, the city burning. And the stuff under the surface is the stuff that I think Grant and I uh, gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. You guys looked at it in a different way, which is totally fair. That being said, you guys are definitely wrong. <laughs> I don't want to have to do research. I don't want to have to do research in order to like a movie. The, the pro- you know well, the- I mean, there's. If wait, a wait. movie earns it, if a movie earns it, I'm willing to do that. But like Fully. to me, this movie didn't earn it out of the gate. Completely. It didn't earn it out of the gate. In my opinion, the way to describe this movie is it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. It starts off a mess, and then and then the character kind of and the ultimate problem is I the story is a mess. Already, throughout the mess, there I, is a story, but it's missing. There's a big problem here, and the problem with for me is that. No matter what happens, I'm going to rewatch this movie, and all I'm going to hear is Artie bust, ripping it apart. No matter if you're there or not, I'm just going to hear yeah, it. I have to say, and, I'm and, flattered that that my my opinion, which is just an opinion, and, a and, random and, opinion and of a, 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 an outspoken asshole, <laughs> is 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 having such an impact. On it, so it's because Artie, because you're a heel. He's a That's heel. Right. You know, you're I can't wait. To, I can't wait to talk about you. <laughs> I mean, Bobcat. <laughs> All I'm gonna hear is, I'm gonna hear is, Leo, shut the fuck up so I can watch the movie. I mean, no, hey, Jesus no, Christ. listen, it, your costumes are terrible. <laughs> Have you seen The Aviator? I love The Aviator. I love The Aviator. I think Kate Blanchett does one of the best acting act, acting jobs in she's that movie. Yeah. That that anyone does in any movie. She's fantastic. I really think she is. It's done. really. It's I think really that hard. should have been the one he won. It's can, really I'm, hard. I'm it's sorry, really hard to, I have to disagree with you a little because it was I, early. I can imitate Audrey Hepburn right now. Hey, Hardy. Yeah. It's really hard to. It's really hard to successfully imitate a huge actress. The AV, uh, Kate Blanchett yeah. in The Aviator is so. It's a. It's a really great movie. It's an all-time great acting yeah. job. And by the way, eighty-six percent Rotten Tomatoes, and seven point five for The Aviator on IMDb. But it was up for best. Picture. All right, we're gonna get to now my three movies, my three bad movies here. As we're on our, our the fourth corner of this podcast here, I picked. So I didn't rank them one through three. I got. I have a. I have a comedy. I picked a dramatic epic, and I picked a horror. So I felt like those are kind of three. Categories where, where a movie will get left behind a little bit. So, again, I don't have the one through three, so just kind of throw one out there first. I'm going to start with the horror one because I've spoken with this before in the past, and, and it's Saw, and it's the Saw series. Is Saw ranked? All right, poorly? so, okay, so 
I, you gotta I'm not, be Saw 2 okay, so, like Saw okay, 14. Okay. okay, so Saw technically qualifies for this. It's 49%, but it's a 7.6 on IMDb, and it's an 84 hmm. audience. So, like, but I'm not talking about Saw 1. That's not, like, what, what I picked for this. I'm picking Saw 2, and with a little sidebar, Jigsaw, the latest one, and the last one. Listen, the Saw movies are what they are. If, if you don't like that type of movie, you're not going to like it. It's a, they're on the gory side. Like, to me, I like horror movies, so I'm into that. I'm not necessarily into, like, the like, hostile movies. Yeah. Like, I don't do that. Like, Host- I don't Hostile, I, I could murder I couldn't porn. get through it, dude. Yeah, I'm not into yeah, that. That's I'm not into that. Really it made me physically ill, dude. Yeah. That's too, that's too I'm much. And like, I'm not that um, squeamish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You vomited? So, I got close, dude. I didn't like it. Yeah, so I'm not so much into, into that, but I think that the Saw movies have a psychological element to it. There's yeah. a thriller storytelling aspect. Obviously launched a major franchise. The most major franchise that our generations have seen since those like 80s, Nightmare on Elm Streets, Halloweens. Like, it's a legitimately effective movie. But again, Saw itself doesn't look like... I think Saw... The original I mean, saw AFI top one hundred. So like, I'll, I'll argue that on another day. I'm very surprised that it's ranked low. Yeah, well, Saw Two is the one that I'm talking about today. I think, as far as like a sequel to a horror movie, and if you look at a lot of the twos in some of those horror movies, like they're not necessarily great. Like Nightmare on Elm Street Two is not good. It's we watched the worst. together. Oh, I mean, I'm a God, big. Is that the one guy. with the meatballs? It's like there's like a there's like the teenage uh, the party. party. There's a teenage yeah. party going on. Yeah. We talked about Jaws too. I guess that might be like kind of a split within the crowd. Mm, but not the worst, but not the best. Saw two. So yeah. saw two. Essentially, the premise of this one here is you got a you have a house that they've just like planted all these people in the house. And I know already that you're. This is one of the movies that's freaked you out. I think where you stop watching is where the, where the guy throws the girl into the pit of the needles. I was in college and I watched this movie in my dorm in the middle of the day on my laptop. And when when this guy threw this girl into the needles, I literally paused the movie, went outside, and walked around, and was like, I don't feel very good. Yeah, there's obviously some upsetting stuff. I'm kind of completely it, with you. It's yeah. a hard, it's a hard movie, but it's told. In a in a in a logical thriller sense, where you're not just you're not focusing like. on the torture. I know that's what I don't like about it. You, you put real. you put these people in the house. They're all yeah. of different demographics, different classes, and you get you get a Donnie Wahlberg performance that's that's honestly I love. And you have Tobin Bell. This is the first movie where Tobin Bell actually gets to act as Jigsaw because he's more of like the reveal at the end of right. Right, yeah. And yeah. He's, honestly, I don't care what anybody says. Tobin Bell's fucking awesome as Jigsaw. He's great. I think he's he's on par with Robert England. Like as, uh, as uh, above, above. Okay, mm. I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan, but I, I love the 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 acting and the humor and all this stuff he brings. It's to Can't it, be yeah. though. It's can't be. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I feel like more which is why I like it better. <laughs> right, I guess. Yeah, but I think the Jigsaw's acting is good. I, I feel like more is ass of Robert England in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's, it's not that's probably Jigsaw fair. is very single layer, yeah. like very. Yeah, I just I just look at it as is it it's a it's a career character actor who put his face to something in the in the late stages of his career. Sure. It's kind of like like if you look at Better Call Saul, yeah. like where like you have this guy Odenkirk who's his whole career is just bouncing around. Comedy, and he puts his face. Yes. Now listen, Better Call Saul yeah. is obviously yeah. way better than Saw. Well, not, like yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not course. saying it's what, but I think that Saw two really like lets that whole franchise breathe into something that makes sense you have the the girl amanda and the role that she plays i i'm i'm a i'm a fan of uh 
I'm a fan of it. I I think you're you're completely right in that it's scary as shit, and it's scary because he is one dimensional. Dude, a one dimensional character is scarier than getting to know the inner workings. Like, when they're a villain, me, I 100 percent agree with you. Yeah, I, I think they have I one think motive. Not knowing the less you know, the better is the less you know, the better. Yeah. Agree. And Freddie is campy, but you know, because part of the reason it's campy is because you know the backstory. You know, he's a pedophile. Yeah. You get to know over well, the and I, and I love that, like, uh, the, the Jigsaw character. I love the cancer backdrop to it. You know, it, it adds some some layers to to him and, and to what he's thinking as an engineer and all that. It, it, listen, if you're squeamish to horror movies, this is not the movie for you. I'm sorry. Like, it's not for everyone. It's, it's not for everyone. Oh, it's really not for everyone. Yeah, I think Saw 1, what I'm saying is, like, if you want to go out and watch a good horror movie, good horror thriller, I think Saw 1 is an excellent movie. I don't think Saw 2 is an excellent movie. I think it's a bad movie. That's why I brought it up. Like, yeah, Saw 2 yeah, is a yeah, bad totally. movie. It's a sequel. It's a, it's a, but I think it's an yeah. effective sequel and it launches, and it launches these eight movies that make all this money and do all this. Other. I, I think it's, it's effective in that. Yeah, it's awesome. And That's an I awesome think pick. the last awesome one, pick. the last one, not Saw 3D, and it's funny, like, all of these movies qualify. For, for whatever reason, Saw 6 is the highest rated one. Really? <laughs> no idea why. Like, just for, like, it's just like, yeah, I think they just got bored giving them bad I mean, ratings. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, that one? Saw 6 got, yeah, I mean, I've not seen them all, but like. No, but I mean, Yeah, I've seen them all. Like There's your, nothing is that special. Your favorite? About, no, absolutely oh. not. No, my favorites are, other than one, my favorites are two, and yeah. the last one, Jigsaw. And Jigsaw comes out three years, two or three years after the series ended, and it's a good movie. Is and it I, an origin, I, or is it a. Mm, you, you find out when you watch it. You find out when you watch it. It's, so I'm never going to find out. I, uh, <laughs> yes. If no, yes. You're, See, you'll never find out. Yes. I am a, a fan of, of campy horror. I love Nightmares, Elm Streets. Have I you love, seen the one that Eli Roth saw did with not, the water? I, oh, my God. Cabin in Cabin, the Woods? Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. It scares the shit that out of me, That movie has dude. nothing to it. It's a great it movie. It's so simple and, and so terrifying. it scares terrifying. the shit out of me. And Hostel's the same way. So simple, so yeah, terrifying. I, I, Eli so, Roth nailed it, man. Well, what I'm saying is that I... I think this is the next level of shit, and I just I don't have the stomach for it. But I love that campy yeah. stuff. Uh, but I think that's a great movie. Yeah, it's I think it, I think it's the yeah. best modern horror movie, in my opinion. Um, we'll move on to my second one. We spend enough time on Saw, and we'll spend time on episodes more. As Grant knows, well, you Saw know, you're basically counting like ten movies. Well, Saw three is the pre- is is oh Crash is the prequel to Saw three. I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will I will kill you. <laughs> Movie number two is the comedy, okay? Now, this is the one I watched last night because I wanted to make sure that this is actually still funny. And it was touch and go there for a little bit. And listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this, but this is, this is not a good movie at all. This is a bad movie. and it's it, it to, Okay, so I picked not another teen movie. Oh, great cool. movie. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, great job. Too. So yeah. not another teen movie. It's 29%. On Rotten Tomatoes, five point seven on IMDb. Now listen, the movie is it dated? Yes, it's dated. It's making it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, the it's making fun of, but it's also making fun of a decade of a movie. It's weird. Yeah. At, it's weird. Is that when the guy get the, re- yeah. the wide receiver gets broken? In half which is uh, which is <laughs> which is arguably the best for the. It's the Varsity Blues. <laughs> Wait, is Captain America the quarterback? Yeah, okay, so, oh, Chris Evans. Yeah, is so the main guy. and that's one of my big points. Is that it launches point. a legitimate superstar in yeah. Chris Evans. No, his first 100%. movie. It's also Jamie Presley's first movie, and this is going to be one of the more that controversial statements. That's not it's true. her first major movie. It's her first major movie, yeah. and 
This is going to be one of my more. Co- Jamie Presley is a good actress. Whether you like it or not, she's a good comedic actress. I think she's fine. Right? Like, she is a phenomenal Wait, actress. Wait, the blonde one. Jamie Presley, she's in, who's in like Joe Dirt. My my name is. She's, I haven't seen Joe Dirt. She's she won jo- in Joe Dirt's good. Joe Dirt's good. I don't think David Spade's funny. She's an Emmy Award winning actress from My Name Is Earl. My name's Earl. Yeah. She's in I Love You Man. She's the friend in yeah. uh, Married to. Um, uh, the, Rashida Jones, the director oh, of uh, John Favreau. John Favreau, John Favreau's wife. I didn't know. I, I didn't actually. Oh, so, not another team movie. Listen, the, it's not. Go back and watch. I'm sure the last time you guys saw this has probably been a lot of years. And ago. it was like relevant, right? Yes, and that is, and yeah. this is when earlier in the podcast someone brought up like, is it just good because I grew up around that time? Yeah. Or like, yeah. and last night I was like, all right, and can I watch this? Can I just throw it on in 2020? Like, and listen. There's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of comedy in it that's flat out dated, bad and dated. just not just not good. Well, not age, even dated. Does, just doesn't not age good. well. Like, well yeah. Doesn't okay. it? No, doesn't even. It's just not good. Okay. Like, but, but there is some. There are some comedic moments within the movie that are genius and that when you look at like some of those later movies, like epic movie, scary movie, not and listen. Scary movie came first, so scary movie started this whole like movie spoof, which I thing. loved all of those. They're yeah, so funny. Like the Wayne awesome. Brothers. But this movie stands alone as a comedy that does work. Randy Quaid plays a redneck father who is just <laughs> horrible. Doesn't he and always? He's, yeah. He's legit, yeah, but he legitimately is like a horrible father and he like acts it out. Like, it, like it's, it's well done. Doesn't like Chris, I was just like, holy shit. Doesn't Chris Evans' sister like try to hook up with him and Chris Evans' sister. Like Michelle, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mia Kirshner is the actress. She's... She's gorgeous. She was around in a lot of those syndicated television it ones. Really, like, launched a lot of careers. There's a yeah. lot of actors in there. There's a, it's it's a fun movie. It's but dude, the the varsity blues scene with Marty getting <laughs> so split. Funny, dude. It's so over the top, and they commit to it so hard. Where it's like this, and the, be, the this is my favorite part of this, this viewing. Like I just I, I died with it. Like he's the star quarterback. Everyone loves him. Like they're like they're up forty nothing. And they're, they're all like, all right, take a knee. He's like, no, we're going to throw it to Marty. And Marty's like, no, dude, no, I don't want the ball. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not physically equipped for this. Like, I'm, I'm handicapped. Like, he's like, just go deep. And then he goes, they're like, the coach is throwing his headset down. Stop, don't throw it. Don't throw it. Yeah. Throws it out deep. He just sticks his hands up. He catches like, got it. And then he just, yeah, he gets <laughs> like, platoon <laughs> style. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, Guts are sticking out of his body, and then it flashes. And then it flashes to the next season where the star quarterback is just sitting on the bench, and like practice ends. Practice ends, and he comes up. He's like, "Coach, what about the fourth stringers?" Yeah, yeah. They're all like, like, "You're on the fourth string, Jake. Damn it, I don't want to even talk to you." He's like, "But coach," and then the coach picks him up and gives him a backbreaker. Legitimately just does it straight out. So it's stupid. bizarre. It's, it's, like, so, it's so over the top. They blend 80s movies. They blend 90s. Listen, someone is going to like listen to this and be like, oh, wow, that sounds like a good comedy. They're going to watch it and they'll be like, this is awful. Like, this movie I think, sucks. I like, so there I is some context you have to have. If a 20-year-old saw that today, I don't, I don't think they would like it at all. I can don't I, know can they I, would. I, I, I want to do something. I want to say something serious about this. Even though it's hard to find out. I think this. If you're an actor, and like Kieran said, like a lot of actors from those movies Maybe. have become big. I think if you can do comedy well, you I think anything. you can do anything. 100% yeah. agree. And, and, 100% and I think agree. that's something to be, even if it's a stupid movie, that's something to, to respect. Like, 
you it's hard to do that well. Like, there's more comedians. Yeah, 100%. We there's talked more, about this last week, man. It's just comedy's hard, dude. Hard, comedy's yeah. the hardest. 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 Yeah. Well, there's, more comedians, there's more comedians that end up becoming serious actors Absolutely. than serious actors who end up Become becoming comedians actors. in any kind of yeah. way. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at Brian Cranston. And, and by the way, Breaking Bad is very funny. And I, I was just oh going to say, God, Breaking really Bad is borderline comedy. I mean, borderline. Especially at the beginning. Borderline. It loses it the, later on. Totally. But, uh, more, 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 which is fair. When it's him and his family and, and Pinkman. Breaking Bad's Bad first episode is the for best the, episode the, of television ever made. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Dude, I, I forget. I, sometimes I forget. Like, no, I, I agree with you. I watched it. You can't I've watched it five times. Every time I go back to the first one, I'm like, it's great. God damn it. It's amazing. It's amazing to think remember. that you can make an argument that Better Call Saul is a better show. That's how good that's been. That's it's how good amazing. that show's been. I've heard that. But I, I all the making, same worlds. Like Godfather vs. Godfather Part 2. I was it's making like that ar- argument until I just I just rewatched the first like three episodes of Breaking Bad and I was like, I, I first of all, yeah. I don't know how that show ever made it. Or it made it, it on almost, air it almost in didn't. any way. Yeah, it almost did. Almost got oh, canceled. Really? Yeah. 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 It almost got canceled immediately. No way. It's a horrible premise. Think about the premise. Yeah, it's, no, no, I get it, but the writing is so good. But but think about it. How do you cancel okay. that? Uh, uh, a conversation for another time, but uh, it's it's unbelievable. Anyway. One last note on Not Another Team Movie. Other than launching Chris Evans' career, Eric Christian Olsen as the as the Paul Walker character is the MVP of the movie. His yeah. character it, it <laughs> his every single time he's on scene, he pops. Is this a he's, famous actor? Uh, he's he plays he's, he, uh, he's the he plays he's in Dumb and Dumberer, the second one. I haven't seen that. He, and he's gone on to do the NCIS movies. He, right? You'll you'll see him specials. like sporadically in Supporting roles around. Like, is it a supporting? If you know who he is, you'll see him all over the place. Okay. But he plays the the Paul Walker to the Freddie Prince Jr. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And his comedic tone through the entire movie, it's like he's almost like he's just like, all right, they're doing this whole thing, and that that whole movie to me is like, all right, there's this like format that everyone's got to go off of, and it's not very good. But the the casting in the movie is tremendously good. Chris Evans is hysterical. They, they, you yeah. could tell they, they legitimately, whoever was casting for that movie, oh, they, they, they did an unbelievable job. They picked, they, they picked the best people. I mean, and they, had, they picked and, stars. <laughs> and the right. comedic performances Before, individually right. throughout the movie right. are, just, are just excellent. Is that the one where they're making fun of... Um, Cruel Intentions. No, no, no. They're Everything making fun of a bunch, them. but the, the thing that made me laugh was... They're making fun of. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. The Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, movie where she's all that. With the artist, yes, she's all that. The artist, Janie. She's all that. That yeah, they're, they're totally they, making fun where of. Where they, where they say, where they, he's like, ew, like she's gross, and then like she takes the her glasses, and they're like, oh my god, like she, what the glasses are what makes right. her ugly. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's her the hottest girl you've ever seen. Yeah, she's but got. Up. Worth another watch. Worth another watch. Uh-huh. She's all that was one of my honorable honorable mentions. Good. Really, you had that on there. Well, it, 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 it didn't make it didn't make the honorable mentions list, but it came very close. Wow, there you go. What was the what was the percentage on that? No, I, I, I mean, I, I just I just didn't, didn't I, pick it. I didn't feel strongly enough to yeah. pick it. Okay, it, cool. it definitely qualified. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's a tip. It's a bad like, movie. I, and, and just to, to cap it off, I will say there are moments watching that where you see that Chris Evans is a superstar actor. Oh, sure. like he's an actual legit actor. Absolutely. Like, like there's scenes that shoot. should scenes that should have been throwaways, and you're like, oh shit, he there, knows that. There's a char- charisma that yeah. you can't. There's have. a sincerity yeah. to him. He's played two superheroes, by the way. It's genius casting. And the last thing I gotta say, I give people is it's. 
arguably the most unnoticed and underrated soundtracks of all time. Really? Of that... the last 20 years, if not more. It is, so basically, obviously, this movie is a spoof on other movies. So every artist on it does a cover song of a song from the 80s and 90s. Here's a list of the artists that are on this soundtrack. Marilyn Manson, The Smashing Pumpkins, System of a Down, Scott Weiland, wow. Stabbing Westford, Goldfinger, Mess, Good Charlotte, Saliva, Orgy. <laughs> I knew I'd lose everybody with Saliva. Uh, and, and an unbelievable cover right. by Phantom Planet. I don't know if anyone remembers them. No, yeah, nice I, vaguely, I do. Vaguely, yeah. They yeah. play Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown. It's in the movie. In oh, a that's a great song. It is cool. go out and pick out. And like some of the ones, Metro by System of a Down, 99 Red Balloons by Good, Good uh, Goldfigger. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's Marilyn Manson does Tainted Love. They're all big 80s, 90s songs. It's a go check. Look up that soundtrack. It's a killer soundtrack. There's like hits off of that. I remember loving Not Another Teen Movie. And and my final movie here. We got the final one in here. And this is like, it's considered one of the biggest blockbuster flops of all time. But I think if you go back and watch the movie and get everything, it's Waterworld. I'm not going to tease it or anymore. So Waterworld. It was honorable mentions. I will go ahead and say that. Honestly, I thought it was... Pearl Harbor. I thought you were going to no. say Pearl Harbor. No. I think that, I don't, I don't know if that qualifies. Doesn't that... All right, so here's my, here's my, here's my point with Waterworld. Waterworld, 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.2 on IMDb. Kevin Costner took his Dances with Wolves money and put it into Waterworld. Got it. And listen, this is one of the big financial flops. I mean, he, he tried to create this gigantic epic blockbuster that just didn't work. He spent a shit ton of money making this. So the premise of Waterworld is, is basically the polar ice caps melt and there's no more land. So everybody lives on their boats and the main character, Kevin Costner, has gills behind his ears and he can swim underwater. And yes, we're already going to a spot where this doesn't sound like a very, very good movie. So but the, wait, the wait, heel- wait, what? what? Al Gore is in it, right? <laughs> oh, it's not? He's not in it? Oh, no, no. Okay. This is before... So we're, not doing is... Anything, we're not doing anything timely and political. <laughs> yes. My biggest point with this movie is it got such a stigma by being such a blockbuster flop. Because it cost so much. Because it cost so much yeah. and it really wasn't successful at all. But if you go back and watch this movie, you got Dennis Hopper in it as the heel. Great. Dennis he's, Hopper's awesome. He's great. Yeah. The girl's good, too. The, the girl's good. Costner's... I like Kevin Costner. Listen, I'll, I guess he's the vice. Some people like him, some people don't. I like Kevin Costner. He's I'm a, a big critic of child actors. The girl in that is good. And you know what she surfaces in later is Napoleon Dynamite. She's Do Napoleon's we know who the interest. girl oh, yeah, that's is? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, Artie's making Artie's making Artie's an blown. oh my god face right now. Do we know who the, the girl yeah. is? Or should we... Just, Describe her as the girl for the rest of the year. It's year. just the girl. <laughs> if you haven't seen the she has a mask that is somehow tattooed on her back. At she's, least she's Napoleon Dynamite's love interest, and she's a child actor in Waterworld, makes it work. Tetherball, right? Tetherball. Yeah. My other point about this movie that I just want to I want to put out there, and this is unfortunately, like I guess because of like the time I grew up, this is I'm, I'm a little bit tied to the 90s and whatnot. But yeah. if this movie was made today, it would be immersed in such CGI trash garbage it. that it would be unwatchable. Yeah. And this movie actually has some cool action sets. It has some. It has some scenes that you that you watch, and it, it's there's some thrilling. There's some thrilling organic nature to it where it would be it would be trash today. I, it would I be trash today. I, I, I trash came out. Grant, yeah, Grant, but I, like I love it. it. But I like it. I love yeah, it. But I'm gonna disagree with you there, Grant. Um, I think this would be a tremendous Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. I think if Christopher Nolan made this, I feel like 
his vision, I feel like, what he would do with... Are you like kind of like would. a Mad Max, like a Mad Max back then? And that Mad was Max my Fury exact Road point. Yeah. Yeah. See, Fury think, Road, you could do that with Waterworld, and it would be as epic if you did it the right way. I think well, anything Christopher Nolan makes is pretty much good. I know. I guess... Once he evolved past insomnia. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's an yeah. accurate statement. I mean, what... He do we have a Chris, bad do we have a Do we have a Christopher Nolan movie that... Anyone doesn't in, like Insomnia is the closest I, I love Memento. I have <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love Memento. Insomnia. Oh, you're not alone. I have yeah, been, it's I a good movie. But that's probably is that it's not his weakest one. Insomnia I mean, is his weakest movie. Right? Robin Williams and Al Pacino. It's not good. It's not a good movie. Um, the, Robin Williams. We all love him. We all miss him. Yeah. God, what a good talent. My one of his worst movies, I think. Uh, uh, okay. One hour photo. As far as serious movies go, one hour photo is one, one of the fucking fu- chilling. chilling. Wow. See, Artie, me and Artie somehow have our, our polar op. Like, wait, one one hour photo. One hour wait. photo is one of his one of yeah, the I best movies. That chilling, no, chilling. Oh my god, beautiful, beautifully shot and acted, and it's it's it's. Ooh. So I just want to go out and say it got a six point eight on IMDb. But an 81 on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me tell you wow. something. Like a big mix. One hour photo is a movie that... So no, it's right... You know what? That could have been on your list. That's a good nobody one. Nobody has ever seen... Very few people have seen it, but it's a beautiful it's movie. Creepy. And Oh, he's terrifying in creepy. it. Creepy. He's a great actor. Robin Williams. Man. I watched Good Will Hunting today. We Dude, all, the guy uh, steals We all movie. know he's... He steals uh, the movie. A genius. He's a genius. All right. We're, gonna, we're coming down the home stretch. We always say this is... Not a Who Should Have Won podcast. And believe it or not, this is still a Broadway Melody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the other movies that were nominated in 1929 in Old Arizona. Mm-hmm. A yeah. charming, happy-go-lucky bandit in Old Arizona plays a cat and mouse with the sheriff trying to catch him while he romances a local beauty. That was up for Best Picture? Up for Best Picture what 1929. Year? That sounds good. Could we make that? The Oh, Henry wrote it. Oh, Henry was like the gift of the Magi. It's like a, that's how old these we are into this. Is that like these guys were so alive back then? In old Arizona, I don't know. Could that be a movie today? A charming, happy-go-lucky bandit in old Arizona plays a cat and mouse with the sheriff trying to catch him while he romances a local beauty. Absolutely, that's yeah, like any Western. Those are your premise, yeah. The Patriot, starring Mel Gibson. Oh, written where he directed. locks everyone in a church and <laughs> written and directed by and starring. No, this is 1928. The Patriot. <laughs> Wait, this is a different the Patriots? Yes, it's 1929. <laughs> Misdirection already. Oh. What a twist. Paul the First, Emperor Paul the First, Emperor of all Russia, becomes a target of a deadly conspiracy. I don't know. Paul the First? Yeah, Paul Not the First like of Vlad Russia. Or like and he's like and he's like, I'm just the first. That, that takes balls going to Yeah, what's first. your name? I'm Grant the I'm Grant the first. Grant the first. Alibi. Here we go. This one's got a cool poster. Hmm. Chick Williams, a prohibition gangster, rejoins his mob son after being released from prison. When a policeman is murdered during a robbery, he falls under suspicion. I mean, that sounds way better than a Broadway melody. <laughs> what is the plot for Broadway melody? Can you? Oh, read I can read that. Yeah, I can read that. Can you, you read that? this? Yeah. No, no. I want to read what the the like. If you go to watch this movie, what does it say? The plot of <laughs> Hank and Queen. It's like Hank tries to win a roll over. Honestly, bad. I read the premise and it's very confusing. So I can do <laughs> yeah, that. Right. The movie's confusing. It's not. It's not going to leave you satisfied. I got it. I got it. A pair. Of sisters from Vra- from the vaudeville circuit try to make it big time on Broadway, but matters of heart a compl- complicate the attempt. 
that's that's accurate. I mean, that's it. I mean, matters of heart means the guy leaves. Yeah, the like girl. the guy was like, "Oh, you're old and your sister's younger and hotter." I'm going. By the way, they're both cute. Like, I, I, yeah, it's like, come on, one's taller than the other. Like, that's pretty much it. And finally, and this is just this is what you know. So, in 1921, we have the Broadway Melody 1929, and there's another movie nominated with 1929 in the title. The Hollywood Review of 1929. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I would love in 2020 all the movies to have the word 2020 in them. Can, they, can we do that? Little Women 2020. Let's that do it. That was a perfect example for this, Gosh, uh, it was. for this movie, by the way. This is our worst review that we have here. The Hollywood Review of 1929. An all-star review featuring MGM contract players. That is the review of the movie right there. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, that's we stop. made a movie with sound and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was nominated for one Oscar for Best Picture and nothing else. And it was. No, it was just and, a oh, loser. Right, All right, and before we say goodbye here, myself and Grant and Joey R., who will be on next week's podcast, we discuss Going My Way. We gave our rankings for the ones we've covered so far. So Chris G. and Artie B., who haven't been on since their first episode, are going to give you the rankings of the ones we've covered so far, and we get a little tasted their perspective. Chris, you're going to go first? All right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, honestly, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, we're leaving out the ones they haven't seen. So, yeah, like, if they haven't seen give, it, they're just I'm going to give a quick list of the ones I haven't seen. So, Shakespeare in Love, Rebecca, Chicago. I, unfortunately, I haven't seen, but I, I'm going to watch them and then tell you how much you guys are wrong. Uh, <laughs> as far as everything else, Broadway Musical is definitely going to be my last choice. Okay. The, we're going in reverse. It, going reverse. Although it was hilarious <laughs> and I loved it in a certain aspect it didn't it, they weren't meaning it to be that funny it's so not good I, it's not good it's they, not good already fair enough it was not good so I'll put that in my last uh, Crash almost would put it <laughs> I would almost put Crash first uh, wow. as far as my worst because uh, I just I think it ages poorly, uh, acted badly. It's not great. So my my top three, Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, I think that's number just one. a goddamn classic, and, and uh, that's my number one. Beautiful movie. Nicholson. You just gotta you gotta respect it. It's great. Uh, one of the one of the best acting performances of all time, in my opinion. As absolutely, yeah. and and, and uh, Nurse Hatchet. It's just a, yeah. it's something that still resonates so much in our our culture. I just think it's it's number one. Uh, Departed as as far as watchability goes is is classic and wonderful and I don't think it's the number one that we've covered so far, but uh, I th- it's it's right up there. It's it's a great movie. I know already loves it. It's great. It's a great movie. Man. Yeah, great I can movie. watch it a million times. Every time it comes on, bang, I watch it. It's a great movie. And Rain Man was a surprise to me, so that's gonna be my third. Yeah, my third pick. Cool. Uh, and I that's the one I was on with you, and and and. You know, it was better than I could have imagined it would be. Like, I watched it when I was a kid, and, you know, a lot of the, the stuff I didn't really understand. And I think a lot of people at the time didn't understand. You know, autism wasn't part of our lexicon at the time, so... Yeah. And your thoughts are documented. If you want to go check out our, yeah, our episode with absolutely. Chris G and Rain Man, you can check out... We, we spent plenty of time... Just absolutely. deep diving and pick it apart. And but, we're going to go to RDB, and I, I do want to say this before I go to RDB. Obviously, he did the pilot episode with Departed, and I, I, Departed, I watched Departed this week. It was on TV, and I got sucked in, and I think that everyone that's talked about it on this podcast has always said it's the kind of movie that if it's on, oh, yeah. you're going to watch Definitely. it. And, keep it on. Definitely. and it's funny. I sat, and I sat, and I watched the whole thing. I sucked it, and I, I 
Go to turn the TV off, and what else is on at the same exact time as Game 7 of the 2019 World Series was airing on MLB Network oh, which alongside. Right it was very oh. incredible. It was like I watched it, I'm like, wow, I'm recording this week That's with awesome. this, and, this, and here they are. They're same time recording next to it. It was great. So, Artie, let's get the old, uh, let's get the old list here. All right. So, the last movie on my list is Broadway Melody. It sucks. Okay. Fair. All right. <laughs> then it's the three I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare in Love, Chicago, and seen Rebecca. I haven't seen those. Okay. So I'm not going to judge them. Rebecca. Crash sucks. I'm going to put that low. <laughs> because when it came out, I watched it and I loved it. And like literally a week later, my, my roommate who had DVD was obsessed with watching it and wanted to watch it again. And it was not good. Already, I agree with um, you. I watched it, liked it. Watched it again in modern times and did not. I was like, it's manipulative. It's manipulative. I was like, what am I yeah. stupid for liking this? That's how I felt no, the second time watching times it. Times have changed. Well, the second time watching it, I the, felt like I was tricked the first time. Yeah, that's how I no, felt. I think just the society has changed. Well, that's how I felt. Right. Right. So, it, it doesn't age well. Me and Grant are biting our lips because we've already spent two hours. <laughs> so anyway, check our check the podcast for all the reviews. Our thoughts are documented. My favorite is Rain Man. Rain Man's number one. Really? Yeah, wow. by far. It's not even close. The part is a phenomenal masterpiece of a movie. Masterpiece. It is a mob movie with phenomenal acting, phenomenal cast, phenomenal story. The part is borderline perfect. Borderline. Ooh, a big, Border, a big cough. But borderline okay. perfect. We're not here for that. So it's <clears> right. Cuckoo's Nest? I, I, Cuckoo's Nest is fucking awesome. It's awesome. But they're two and three. And I think Cuckoo's Nest is two and Departed is three. Wow. And I think the number wow. one I think the number one movie is Rain Man. <clears throat> it's Tom Cruise's best acting performance of his possibly his, of his career. It's the one that made him cash it in for every other movie going forward. Like he's yeah. good. But like every he doesn't have to be anything but Tom Cruise going forward. Because that movie was so good. Days of Thunder, Top Gun, these all these movies like and line up in a row and, and this movie is him acting. Four and four him re- and right. Okay. Dustin Hoffman in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. All time for Literally in a, in the last hundred years is probably one of the best two performances, maybe three performances I've ever seen in a movie. Artie, can I ever. can I help you out on this? Because I agree I, I, I you know, you're you're changing my mind a little bit. Wow. On this. Well, Marty B dropping bombs. Like, wait, we, we come to Yeah, listen, listen. Rayman essentially, all, I don't mean to cut you off, but Rayman essentially okay. has three actors in it, and they're all awesome. The story is fucking awesome. Think about the this for a second. Awesome. At the end of the day, we're all movie fans, right? We yeah. all love movies. And I think that on a certain level, we even though we disagree on a lot of things, we agree on most things. And on, on this, I feel like. That movie changed society more than any movie I think we've covered. Uh, maybe, maybe Cuckoo's Nest. It's like Nest. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Goodfellas is close. Goodfellas is close. Yeah, talking about mental illness and, and, and autism wasn't even in in the, in the language. It wasn't it's not something anybody knew about before that movie, and that's why I'm kind of agreeing with you on that. Is they depicted it in a really response as a responsible way as they could have in 1980. Nine. Not Nine. only Nine. was it not only was it my favorite movie of these ones that have been covered on the podcast, it's my favorite podcast episode, including my own. Oh, cool! Awesome. Like I think, I, I think yeah, the is. Rain Man as, episode as Chris is better. G, than... As Chris G was in that, I, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, listen, I mean, listen, totally. I, I, I love that. I love that take. I love that say. Um, I love that take. 
I just think that there are certain movies that are Teflon and that are just timeless and exist within greatness. You don't think Rain Man is one of them? I, I don't. I really? think that I think that I think that Cuckoo's Nest is. I think Cuckoo's Nest is impervious to the decades changing. It's just it is perfect. And I think that there aren't a lot of perfect movies on this list, but that's one of them. And there's probably close to ten of them. And that's one of the ten. I don't think Rain Man is perfect. I think it's a great movie. I loved it. I, I, I loved it watching it this time, the first time, every time. I'll always sit and watch it. But to me, Cuckoo's Nest is just a perfect Karen, movie. Karen, I, 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 I don't disagree with you, but I don't agree with you either. I think mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a victim of its late stage 80s time. <laughs> the early so. to mid 70s to 1980 is a special time in cinema where... I mean, it's just phenomenal movies were coming out in that time. Seventies, man. Seventy to eighty, really, really great. Eighties yeah. is it's a a lot of those movies are victim of their of their circumstance, the music, the, the costume, all that stuff. Putting that aside, if you think about what we've done, Cuckoo's Nest and that really epitomized movies that ha- are talking about something that weren't talked about at the time, yeah. and which I'll I go think ahead. is important. You know. Totally agree. That's and and I I'm gonna go out and say that I think one of the best points that you guys made throughout the podcast that you guys did on Rain Man, which is actually made me like the movie more, is finding out that the 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 guy who wrote it and the guy who directed it kept switching and then they never met when they both yeah. won the Oscar for like, a movie to succeed in. Spite of that says a lot about the movie, and and, and the, like and the, Tom Cruise and was not content, known, and the and, the, and the con- on top of the How content would we'll never get time. made today, would we'll never get made, and on top of that, like there's a story behind that movie. There's there is a, a story behind that movie. Tom Cruise is not was was not viewed at that time as like this guy's an actor who could win best. Best actor. This is a great movie. Young Let's hot push shot blockbuster guy. He's in Top Gun. He's in Days of Thunder. He's a Chris Thunder. Evans. He's a he's Chris Evans of the age. Action movies, yeah. right? Says so a lot about Tom Cruise that he took the role in the first place. A, oh, I, I was going to make that point that it says a lot about Tom Cruise to go. Listen, Dustin Hoffman's already like it's a, a shitty, real deal actor. I'm going to act against him. This woman doesn't even speak English, and she's the actress. Artie. That's the lead of the it's, movie. It's, He's a douchebag. And he's playing an asshole. He's an asshole. He probably can do that pretty well. But I'm saying, like, it's not a great thing. But he's not taking a face. He's taking a heel. Kieran. He's taking a heel. He was, his acting credentials up to that point were pretty substantial. So the fact that he took a role where he was being a total asshole almost the whole movie to a person that was, like, limited... Is pretty insane. Like, that, like, I, I think that I would be like, really, I'm out, oh, dude. I'm yeah. out. That movie's it, really it, different. Isn't it wild that it's 2020? We're sitting here and we could conceivably think that Tom Cruise is underrated. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, like he kind of is, I, though. No, sorry, he is, his acting chops are underrated. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a movie star. He doesn't make yeah, his personal life. His personal life has clouded us. The fact that he's a brilliant fucking actor. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I'm sorry. I will say that. Bro. Tom Cruise is a brilliant and actor. And I, I agree may, with I you. I may be dead wrong, but I think that he has a last chapter of his career that's yet to be unveiled. And, and I, I think he's going to swoop in I hope he and does. play a dramatic role. It's going to knock everybody's socks off. I hope so. Okay, so it's time to say goodbye. And this is, I, listen, this was fun, guys. <laughs> fucking <laughs> right, blessed. Yeah. It's a good time. So we're going to see all of you again. We're going to see you very, very soon. 
We have uh, Grant upcoming the Rocky episode. It's going to be wait. you and... Woo! Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, baby. Throw jealous. me a bone. Throw me a bone. I'm I jealous, love it. man. I'm jealous. jealous. That's Grant awesome. Grant C love and it. Brendan B. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, don't worry. Brendan B. is not going to think that uh, Dangerous Liaisons is a better movie than Rocky. He's what a, a big Rocky fan. episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be smart. Yes, it's good. That's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, Chris G, you will be back for the Silence of the Lambs episode yes. with Joey R. That might Joey that R, might be that. Oh, Art is legend really of the podcast. He's like, Art, that might be that legit. That legit might be four hours on cut. I, mean, I yeah, honestly, that's gonna be a I very don't know how show. much I can praise a movie, but I'll I'll do my best. Joey R and Chris G are definitely the talkers of the podcast. So we're gonna have the two of them together, and it could be it could be very lethal for the editing team. And. <laughs> and Artie B will be back yet again, and he will be back with Robert Bobcat as they will discuss with me Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Danny Boyle masterpiece. Not according to Bobcat. Come on. Save it. Save right. it. Save it. <laughs> Grant laughed and inspired me. Right. So I'm excited for all those. It's going to be a blast to have all you back. And uh, hey, we made it, guys. We did it. And hey, uh, <laughs> hey I want to say I want to say Chris G here. Closing, closing. Everybody, Ooh. I think, had really amazing uh, points, and I, I like having you guys around to question what I think. Because yeah. every yeah. listen, man, sometimes I, I, I what I think is stupid. Quite fair. I know? love hearing opposing yeah. viewpoints. Yeah, I love these, really... honestly, Grant. Honestly, you changed my mind. I mean, you changed my mind a little bit on, on Goodfellas. I'm surprised. There is a purpose to the voiceover. Party. Party. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Hey, <laughs> right, thank we're gonna, you for having us. Thank you thank for you being for on, boys. It was good. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, I had fun. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a podcaster. I just didn't think it'd be one talking about <laughs> Battleship. Ah, <laughs> well, so, God bless all. Take we care. Whisper of high yearning to mingle with the old.